For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What's up, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Because fans make football more than a kid's game. And we want you to be part of this show by calling in at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. And hang out with my pals, uh, my wheelman, Cody Lashney. What's up? Tony Dunn, no matter what happens, no matter how good, no matter how bad the Carolina Panthers are, there's nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night then here with my boys talking Carolina Panthers. We have a tremendous show in store for everyone tonight. We're going to be talking about the Panthers and the David Tepper, Matt Rule era. We're going to preview this matchup against the Buffalo Bills, whether or not Josh Allen will play. Former players are now starting to voice their discontent. But, Tony, you know that we're going to do this with the best Panther fans and all of YouTube, you already know them and love them. It's Drew, AJ, Lindsay, 1216, ATX19, Carolina M, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Kevin Boshoven, Matt Knows Nothing, Maddie Matt, Mossman789, Roosevelt Mongo, Tim Estes, Underground West, Tony Dunn, and not to it, but to do it, brother, let's roll. You can support the show by being a part of that chat room, checking out that thumbs up button and smacking it like every team smacks around this Carolina Panthers team, it feels like, uh, and hanging out with my boy CK. What's up? Oh, you know, just out here being a Panthers fan, loving every moment of it. Um, living oh, the nightmare. Living the nightmare. Yeah, right. Right now, it's just uh, it's such a tough time uh, to be a Panthers fan, and I think we're all feeling it, uh, just a sense of exhaustion. Um, and I'm just ready, man. I'm ready to to have some hope again. And and right now, we're just, there. there's none in sight. And I think that's the part that's so tough. Greg's in the house too, man. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you, thank you, sir. You know, it seems like every single year, uh, I seem to miss the Atlanta stomping 
that they give us because every year they beat the crap out of us one time, and I always seem to miss that at least the last three years. I only lucky caught a you. little lucky bit. Of, yeah, lucky me. I only caught a little bit of this game, uh, and what I did happen to catch because I was coming through the mountains um, was Cam Newton's interception and PJ Walker's interception. Like I caught that little portion of the game. I don't want to hear anybody tell me PJ Walker is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Come at me because th- this is garbage. I've seen him throw interceptions off his back foot. He's not a great quarterback. He's only on the team because he was played for Matt Rule before. Period. It's the only reason he's in the NFL right now. I feel like he's gotten worse. I mean, granted, he's behind the same line that's horrible, so we'll give him that. But I've seen other players behind the same line not make the same decisions he has. He's not an NFL quarterback, period. And Mr. Bitsy's going to shred us up. It don't matter who's under center this weekend. Oh, Lord. We're going to get shredded. Oh, Lord. Shredded. What quarterback uh, hasn't shredded us? Seriously. He might not be wrong. What quarterback well, hasn't? Um, it's usually the running backs, I feel Zach like. Zach Wilson really... is literally the only one that I can tell you that hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, what's his name? The Patriots quarterback. Yeah, he didn't Randy do much. They just, I mean, they didn't uh, have to do they much. They ran yeah. all over us. Yeah. The problem yeah. is stopping the run to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left. It's um, like Zoolander. I can't turn left. <laughs> no, <laughs> can't turn left. Can't stop yeah. left. All right, the Panthers do uh, have to hit the road, Jack, uh, and go up north to face uh, the old Panthers team in the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott and uh, the Buffalo Bills coming off a tough loss against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where the Bucs almost uh, squandered a victory, took an overtime uh, 58-yard pass, I think, to Brashard Perryman. Perryman caught this sucker. How about Perryman, man? He caught a game winner against the the um ECU Pirates one time when he was in college. Like and and then he goes into the combine, runs like a four three or something like that, and he went real high. The Ravens drafted him as a number you know, first round draft pick. And he just struggled with injury, struggled with injury. Then he went and he's bounced around. I think he was on the Jets. He just can't catch the ball. Can't catch the ball, man. You pair him with Tom Brady, though, and boom, 58-yard touch. Tom Brady well, can just makes everybody good. Yeah, he'll make your career. Tom Brady uh, yeah. can make champions out yep. of average average Joes. Uh, but, I mean, part of the reason why that game was so close at the very end was because Josh Allen is a special quarterback. And going into this matchup with the Carolina Panthers, we don't know if Josh Allen's going to be right. able to start or not. Uh, he sustained an ankle sprain against Tampa Bay, um, running all over the field. Dude, say what you want. Josh Allen is one of the more fun, exciting quarterbacks to watch in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. even though I, you know, we're going to be watching for our Panthers, if Josh Allen plays, like, it, at least if he starts to torch us, it'll look cool. Like that guy can throw the <laughs> football, can throw the football seventy-eight yards off his back foot, like. The guy is a monster. Um, but and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say what a lot of other people are probably thinking and saying. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills are a vulnerable football team. Uh, they've been having a lot of problems stopping the run against a lot of different teams. Um, you know, for as much as Matt Rule wants to run the football, we'll see whether or not we're actually able to do it. Uh, we elevated Trent Scott today. Uh, we don't yet know if Cam Irving is going to be able to play or not uh, because, of, not. Course, of course, he got injured playing against Thank the Falcons. God. <laughs> so uh, we're at a point now where it, it's a vulnerable football team. They're kind of hurt. 
they're not the team that they once were believed to be. Everyone thought they were going to be the you know number one seed in the AFC mm-hmm. based off of what they did last year. And that just hasn't come to fruition. So I don't know, man. It's like one of those games that we might end up being kind of competitive just because no one's going to be picking us. Not at all, bro. Not at all. First, yeah. it's going to be cold as ice up there, and they're going to be running and running. And I don't know how we're going to stop the run. I guess maybe that's what we'll sell out to stop the run. I think Josh Allen plays. I mean, it's like his that that's one of those things that he's probably going to play through. But um, the Bills have had this look, is that maybe we just overexpected them to dominate, right? And there really haven't been dominant teams in the NFL so far. So they have still been what I mean. They're a winning team. I think they're seven and six. Yeah, uh, they're they've seven had some. And six. They've had some close ones. You know, what I mean, they shouldn't have lost to like you. You write off their week one with Pittsburgh. Um, they had a weird stinker against Jacksonville. That was nine to six. You know, that's kind of a bizarre game. And then the Colts stunned them. You know, maybe the recipe is running against the Bills. Maybe we'll get the run game going. And, you know, what we should be doing is running cam. But here's the thing about the Bills this season is that every time they lose, well, not every time, almost every time until this past, they're on a two-game losing streak right now, uh, they come back and stomp the shit out of the people they play the next week. I mean, after they lost to the Jags 9-6, to six, they came and beat the brakes off the Jets 45-17. to 17. The Colts beat them 41 to 15, and the Bills beat the, then the Bills go uh, to New Orleans and beat them 31 to 6. And similarly, after they lost to, who was it? Um, This is week two. They lost to the Steelers. Then they beat the Dolphins 35 to nothing. Uh, So they have a habit of being pissed the next week. Mm hmm. Uh, and the Panthers have a habit of sucking the next week, even after they suck the week before. Now they have I have a habit I, of sucking worse in some way, shape, or form. They outperform the last week's what they got to do. Yeah. yeah, the Panther algorithm is trends towards sucking suckiness. <laughs> it's like, where can we find the component that we didn't suck at last week and suck at that? Um, no, nah, but uh, I actually think uh, thinking back about this Dolphins game, I'm not a Dolphins game, this Falcons game, um, I'm not as low on it as the other lo- some of the other losses this season. I mean, th- this is a step forward in comparison to the Dolphins game. This is a step forward in comparison to the Patriots game. I mean, really, there was t- turnovers, and Matt Rule said it, turnovers. Um, and, and in all the pan, the Panthers have had five games where they've had three turnovers. You know, we're just not winning. We're not winning the turnover battle on both sides. So it is in the NFL. It's hard to win like that, especially when you're a bad team, you know, when you're not a good team, you can't, you just can't, I mean, you're not going to win. You can't win when you play mistake free hardly. Yeah. Or, you know, the, I mean, it's a real, it's a reality and it wasn't as we were more productive than we were. So let's go ahead and get into the show, Cody. Let's go ahead and get into this sucker. Um, this is coming off of us firing Joe Brady, right? The Panthers bring in an uh, offensive coordinator, arguably with more experience than Joe Brady. How about that? Uh, more, oh, not, more not, NF- It's not even arguable. He has a considerably longer tenure than, than Joe right. Brady. Yeah, um, and he called plays for a whole season in Baylor, or I think it was maybe – I think it was only one season in Baylor. 
But, um, you know, he comes in there, and I thought uh, we saw some up-tempo stuff. And really early on, I mean, they were using Cam the right ways. Uh, maybe got away from that a little bit, you know, not running Cam enough. It's kind of tough. I mean, you're from you're behind the sticks. I mean, it was really you were marching down the field with that pick six. So, I mean, there was some productivity there. But go ahead and bring up the the show. And, so, never uh, <laughs> fear, because Matt Rule has a plan. <laughs> it's just not a very good one. Uh, so yeah, our offense. Um, so one, let me take a step backward, Tony. You said that your brain is disappointed with this game, uh, and uh, I disagree with you. I completely disagree with you because one, it's the Atlanta Falcons, and anytime our hated division rival Atlanta Falcons come into our home and absolutely embarrass us, I'm sorry, it counts double. It counts more than the Miami Dolphins lost, more than the Dallas Cowboys lost. We have to see this team two times every year, the Battle of I-85, and then we let them come into our home and own our dirt. It's, I mean, it's it's unacceptable, man, and I'm, I'm really not into it. And then, yeah, we, we've been losing the turnover battles, and you cannot win football games and give up the football. It's not possible. But at the same time, it's like Matt Rule kind of like uh, in his post-press conference kind of puts it out there like, oh, well, if it wasn't for these ill-timed turnovers, you know, it could have swung the other way. We were competitive. We were right there in the game. And I think it just kind of takes away from the fact that as the game goes on and grows older, the defensive line and the offensive line play worse and worse, and everything just starts to slide downhill. Um, and I think that's been a really negative trend, and I don't necessarily see us doing the proper things to to fix that right now. Um, now, I guess in fair not in fairness, it's, you know we haven't beaten Atlanta at home uh, since uh, November of 2017. You know, so I mean, man. we have lost eight uh, the home game in 18, 19, 20, and 21 now. We have won on the road there twice in that time period. And we tend to, I feel like, have a little bit better luck in their house and they have a little bit better luck in our house. Um, remember that game where, you guys remember that game where Matt Ryan flicked off the fans and threw, he threw the touchdown pass at the end? Like, you know, that's, that happens in yeah. Bank of America. So, yeah, it sucks to get beat at home. But I think you're right. Uh, you're onto something about like the fatigue particularly with the offensive line where they, you know, continue to look worse and worse throughout the game. Um, they have yeah. the Deontay Brown uh, syndrome, which is out of shape, obviously. <laughs> is that they don't want to play Deontay Brown because he's going to be low. huffing and puffing because they they say he's going to be huffing and puffing. And, man, damn, they're all huffing and puffing out there. I don't believe um, it either. If Matt Rule says that Deontay Brown isn't in shape enough to play, I just assume that he is at this point. Right. That's how, that's how it the, is. I, you know, why draft these fools then? Right. You know, I mean, oh, and that's kind of really where I'm at with the Brady Christensen thing is like, um, and I know that we've argued uh, ad nauseum about putting Christensen in the spot to succeed his arm length and all of this. But for me is even if he was, if you saw him as a guard, right. And he was a third round pick, like you draft third round guards to start. Trey Turner was a third yeah. round guard. 
you know, is like, why aren't we like, uh, we're not believe, you know, we're really, we drafted a bunch of players that we saw as projects this year. Terrence Marshall Jr., uh, Deontay Brown, Brady Christensen. Yeah. I mean, they're all like projects in their, in their team's mind. And uh, interestingly, at a time where you can work on your project, you've got study hall this season because we suck. Uh, no, they're farting around. Yeah. Uh, and drawing pictures yeah. instead of working on their project. And by the way, Locks, man, you said Brown's out of shape. Stop trying to force Brown into the lineup. Uh, why? He was drafted. We should play him. I, I, and why should we believe anything that the Panthers coaches say about where they're at physically or mentally or prepared enough to play this game? Everything that they tell us ends up being wrong. So I have no reason to believe that Deontay Brown couldn't play football right now. Right. But yeah. Uh, lo- go ahead, CK. I was I was gonna say, I was gonna say, more importantly, what are we in week 15? How long does it take to get in shape? You're telling me you drafted yeah. this guy who was playing football in college, and all of a sudden he's not in shape for the last 15 weeks you're, in your facility? You're acting, yeah, you're acting like this guy Seriously? hasn't been the same player that he is right now his yeah. entire career in college, right? Yeah. And right. I mean, that's the part that I agree with. Like, I think he, yeah, I mean, is there probably some concern about like, dude, does he have the 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 i guess the the weight uh, that you'd want to have from somebody that's going to be playing on the offensive line probably not right but at the same time it's not unheard of for people to come out there and still just be able to dominate uh and, and play at the same weight that he is so i mean i think it's fair enough to put him out there and honestly let's be real like one of the best how ways much to get worse could it is- be what what is one of the best ways to get in shape, at least football shape, is to play fucking football. Right, right. And we're paying <laughs> this guy too, right? Are we paying him? So, yeah, I mean, they're getting paid. Nothing makes well, sense. And, and, and also, it's indicative of Matt Rule trying to change these players into something that they're not. But Brady Christensen is a left tackle. That's where he should play, and he refuses to play him there. Deontay Brown is one of those rare big guys that even though he might be 350 to 60 pounds, he's a still a reasonably athletic big guy who you probably want being that monster in the middle of your offensive line. Yeah. And Matt Rule is trying to undo that about him too. But to continue on with our show notes here, uh, and one of the things that we've tried to keep our focus on here on the C3 podcast is that a lot of this goes back to Dave Tepper. And the Carolina Panthers have the worst win percentage of any team in the month of December since David Tepper became the owner of the Panthers in 2018. That's worse than the Raiders at .250, the Jaguars at .250, and the Lions at .313. Those are teams that you do not want to be right next to, man. Those are some of the worst teams in football. Then to top it all off, under Matt Rule, the Carolina Panthers are 0-13 in games in which they trailed by eight points or less in the fourth quarter with a chance to win and were tied at the end. Zero game-winning drives, one game-tying drive, and they lost it in overtime to the Minnesota Vikings. Then to add on top of that, we're one and six after Thanksgiving uh, the past two years in a row. We have been nothing but disappointing. And, you know, for someone like David Tepper, who's talked about wanting to, you know, build this 
Panthers front office the right way. It doesn't inspire a lot of faith um, from the fans, from teammates, really from even former players uh, who we can uh, show here in a second too that are frankly fed up with the direction that the football team is going. Charles Johnson, Trey Boston, and Frank Garcia going on Twitter to voice their discontent with this Panthers football team. And Tony, quite frankly, the the volume has never been more cranked up and louder against Matt Rule than it is right now. Yeah, is um it's definitely getting hot in here for um for Matt Rule. The seat has gotta be so like Piping it's just been baking. Yeah, it's just been baking in the sun. It's like a black can't even sit down. Black chair that's just been sitting in the sun for weeks on end, and you go to sit down, and you got your little bathing suit. He went wearing a speedo, and probably getting his little butt cheeks getting cooked, getting cooked on that seat like a George Foreman grill. Um, no, it's tough. Uh, it's tough. Is that uh, you know? And again, I mean, I feel like we're we're at the point of the season where we just say the same shit over and over and over again, yep. right? Um, unless there's going to be some news that breaks or something like that. But, you know, who would have thought um, back in, you know, August, September, that this type of scenario could even exist to where you um, foresaw or you didn't foresee Matt Rule being the coach in 2022. And, you know, um, CK said it is like uh, back a couple of weeks ago, or maybe even last week, you just said like, man, you could have even said we'd gone two and 15 and you would have thought that man, you know, some injuries happened or something. And, and, you know, you weren't even expecting rule, to win. Yeah. 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 And, but no, it's like, first of all, we won five games and it feels like we are two and 15. It feels like, first of all, it t- like it doesn't feel like we deserve to win any games. Does it like not this feel team. like, it feels like we should have the number one pick in the draft. That's what it's yes. like right now. I mean, when yes. close to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing is now I've I've switched my position to where if I thought it was uh, unfathomable or uh, inconceivable to think that Matt Rule wouldn't be the head coach in 2022, I'm to the point now where I think it's inconceivable that he will be. Like, oh, yeah. uh, and I just don't understand what the argument at this point for right. going forward with Matt rule is, right. is that he's going to have to go and get an offensive coordinator. Right. I mean, it, unless all of a sudden Jeff Nixon really demonstrates like, I'm, I don't know. Are you going to try to tell me at the end of the year that Matt rule is going to say, you know what? I think Jeff is ready for this job and we're going to go out there. Uh, and we're like, what do you think? How's that going to go? But I, th- I think he would. What's going to happen? I think he would look at look at the, the the background they gave you in the game. Little part of the game I saw. How long they've been together? Of course he would. This worked out perfectly for Matt Rule to get the guy he wanted to be there. But you how know? can we judge any of these guys accordingly under this dog shit offensive line, man? And again, it's like I know that they are coaches themselves, so they are in also some way responsible. But if Matt Rule is so vehement about continuing to play Cam Irving, now we've elevated Trent Scott, so he's going to come up there and just absolutely get his ass whipped. Uh, The Panthers have had nine players 
uh, I think, play more than one position on the offensive line this year. I might have to look it up, but it's some crazy number like that. And well, they've had 11 is, different combinations of offensive something, lines. Something, it's a crazy number like that. And my question is, how are you supposed to properly evaluate Nixon as an offensive coordinator when you do have an offensive line that bad, when you do have uh, Christian McCaffrey on IR, who, by the way, now has COVID. I swear, we're going to need to wrap a bubble around Christian McCaffrey, like that movie Bubble Boy, just to keep him safe. <laughs> Which was a good movie, by I the way. I love that movie. It's such a good <laughs> movie, dude. It's a classic. Jake but, um, a legend, bro. Oh, yeah. dude, he's incredible. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I don't necessarily know what you're going to ask of Nixon under the under these types of scenarios. And, and that's listen, the point I, is that you just uh, the whole point is this is it's so bad that guess who's who created this shit show? Matt Rule. Sure. So like that's the point is that yeah, you you can say you that you can't evaluate any of these guys when you don't have a quarterback and don't have an offensive line, but this is the quarterback and offensive line you chose to go with. Yes. So like yep. is that at the same like that? This is like is like he remember what was it? Uh it's like he's kind of he he's dying on this hill. He's and we and I think people mentioned this when we traded for Sam Darnold. This is either going to work out and look and everybody's going to look bro, like look great, or it could get Matt Rule fired. Yeah, boom and bust. that was me. And it turns out that um, the Darnold and the offensive line play, like all of this, is that this is going to get Matt Rule fired. I don't I don't understand how you could go out there and have confidence. And then to think this is imagine going and drafting a quarterback in the first round with Pickett. Right? Um, you've already struck out three you've already swung and miss on quarterbacks three times. I I say there's an argument for four. But um you go and get Pickett, and then um you go out and have a shitty year and you fire Matt Rule, and then you bring in a new head coach. And he's got to get stuck with a quarterback he didn't draft. You know, man, that's not a good recipe. That's not yeah. a good recipe. Like, that's like Josh Rosen shit, you know? And um, so I just, like, what is what is the argument for Matt Rule having another year? You know, what is it? Um, Contract. But that's it. I mean, honestly, for David Tepper, it's only pride, right? It's like, if he lets him go, his first decision as a as a as an actual owner in the NFL is a is one that failed right that's his that was his first choice from a from an actual personnel decision that he was able to make and it failed that's that's where that's the only scenario in which Matt Rule stays around is because Matt, you know David Tepper is is going to want to believe that he made the right choice regardless and uh and and we'll see we'll see how real it is that he wants to win now he doesn't want to deal with mediocrity because right now he's dealt with media mediocrity and not beyond medi mediocrity he's dealt with just a dumpster fire of a squad of a coach of a of a team that just does not seem to want to work together um and and and, and play for one another because i don't see that when i watch these games on on sunday i don't see a team fighting for one another sorry just don't see it Nope. Here's a question for everyone, everyone here on the podcast and everyone in the chat. Has this team given up 
Yes. Like have they have they already mentally checked out of this season and they're already thinking about their off season vacations and you know where they're gonna be vacationing in Aruba or have they given up on I'll do this you coaching one better. staff? Mm-hmm. I, I I'll do you one better. These guys have given up and they've already started to think about who their next team's going to be. Yep. I agree. Mm. Tony, what say you? I don't know. I don't like to say that about play. You know, first, I feel like uh, these players have a lot of pride. You know, uh, the one thing is, is that like when it comes to tank, you know, like players don't tank, organizations tank, coaches don't tank, organizations tank, is that they are playing for contracts. Like Hassan Reddick, I mean, if you see him retweeting his Pro Bowl shit right now, he is very set on going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, like it's important to him, man. I think yeah. him padding his stats and getting paid is going to be important. I see Brian Burns with some fire, like as in this, is that I, I think what I wouldn't say they've quit, they've given up. I would say that they're frustrated to a point where they feel kind of like a lost cause, you know? So it's like frustration is set in so much um, that it's just hard for them to believe in themselves at this point. Um, I mean, and I think some of this is like, a, I mean, what uh, there was something going around where they were asking the offensive linemen about the Cam Irvin getting torched uh, on this play. And um, who was the guard that's because that played left guard? And he was like, not my, yeah, it, it wasn't was my long. assignment, like not my dude. Um, and some people were going around saying, look, they're not, they're putting blame on people. You know, they're not sticking up for each other. I think it's frustration. I think for that offensive line, too, one of the things we've always heard is that continuity with offensive lines is important um, and that they like learn, you know, they work as a unit rather than individuals. And this kind of uh, switching people around all the time, um, you know, moving people. And some of it has been by injury, you know, and COVID stuff or whatever it may be. But, um, they haven't been able to grow as a unit at all. And that's the problem is that we're not getting better from week to week. Um, And I think the defense is now feeling that way. And when that crept into that discussion, like it's even infiltrated the good things about our team, the frustration. So I wouldn't say give up, but yeah, I mean, I think they're realizing that they're not very good. Yeah, I mean, when you've and maybe lost, that's why. Do you think DJ is that? Do you think that's why he's running the lazy routes this year? Because he's like, man, like, I mean, I know you guys keep saying he looks lazy, this and that, but I mean, like, he's putting his body on the line a lot of times. You see that picture of him? There's one of them floating. Around. I sent, I think I sent it in the chat to you guys about. Uh, it was like if you put DJ Moore with a great quarterback, he'd be a top seven. Yeah, a I love how they seven, said top seven. Really <laughs> like, where'd they pick that number from? I guess they must yeah. have six other receivers they believe are really good. But he did have some ups. I mean, he's put. Listen, I'll say <sighs> this: DJ Moore has a place in the NFL. I think he is a very good football player. I do not think he is on the elite tier of wide receivers in the NFL. Um, specifically like one we're about to see on Sunday. I think Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills mm. is just one of the nastiest route runners, aggressive jump ball receivers. I mean, a- anything that you could want in a receiver, I, I feel like um, you know, Stephon Diggs is representative of that. 
And again, I don't, I don't want to blame DJ for not being that kind of player because there is a place for him. Uh, but I, I think if we're talking about those game-changing wide receivers like the Carolina Panthers once upon a time had in Steve Smith, no, I don't think DJ Moore is that. But he does have a place in football. I just don't know how much of a dollar amount that's going to be worth to the Carolina Panthers as we go forward. I hope he's okay with playing under the franchise tag for another year. We don't necessarily know if that's true or not, but I don't know. We'll just, we'll just have to see what the future holds for, for DJ Moore at this point. And I'll pass it to CK at this point. I would not be comfortable signing DJ Moore to a bid time. Number one receiver dollar amount contract. Yeah, but we're going to regret that. And the reason I say that is Stefan Diggs was not considered that type of wide receiver until he went to Buffalo. Because he was competing with Adam Thielen. Well, that's not even even in Minnesota. He was a good wide receiver. A game changer. He was a good wide receiver, but he was not considered a a a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. That's fair. He was not. Period. How about this? I'll argue that what Stefan Diggs and did in Minnesota was probably more impressive than what DJ Moore has done here. Tell me, tell me a time that DJ Moore has had a playoff caliber uh, offense that's actually he beat the, he beat the Saints though. Hold on, remember when he went down the side the Miracle in Minneapolis? That was Stephon Diggs. I'm talking about I'm talking about yes, that was Minnesota, right? And that was a really good team that they had. And all like Case Keenum coming off of what some ridiculous miracle season that he has never had in his entire career, right? Let's talk about some other things, right? When has DJ Moore had an offense or a defense that good, that dominant, that's given him an opportunity to stick out in any way whatsoever? And you know what happened? The moment he went to a quarterback who can throw the ball deep, who can get the ball to him, he's the number one wide receiver in the NFL, right? That's that's what I'm talking about. DJ Moore hasn't had that that luxury. DJ Moore hasn't had the luxury of a good quarterback. I think, yeah, I think period. it's kind of disrespect to Diggs in this case, though, to say like that a little bit. I mean, Diggs has been very good, and he's been with exactly. Uh, he is a very good receiver, and I tell you this is one thing about DJ Moore is he's had some fumbleitis in his career. Right. He's had like seven lost For fumbles. Sure. Look, DJ has been good, but here. DJ has been good. You know what he's turned out? How about this? Is in comparison, uh, he's had a better career than Calvin Ridley. And that was the other receiver that went big that year. You know, is that DJ Moore has been good for our team. Like he hasn't been a bad part of our team. Um, And and he's and he's um, put up some good numbers. Uh, At the same time, the team around him is not good. Mm -hmm. Not good. So, I, I, um, I think I get what CK is saying, though. I, th- I think basically is, is elite receivers like Julio Jones and 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 you know uh, uh, Hopkins and players like that, and, and Tony Brown. It doesn't matter who's throwing to them; they're going to be elite players. I don't. Th- I think what he's saying is Diggs is not that Diggs needs that quarterback and that good offense to be that elite player. He's an elite player, but he needs that offense behind. But him. he, yeah, he didn't yeah. reach his potential yeah. until he was given that opportunity. Yeah. Was he okay. a, Was he a good player? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what that's what I'm saying is like right now, I'm telling you, if you let DJ Moore go, what's mm-hmm. going to happen is he's going to end up on the Buccaneers team, and because they're going to have to try to find a way to sign Godwin, and Godwin's going to want his his cash too. <laughs> DJ Moore is going to be a cheaper option. And DJ Moore is going to destroy people. 
DJ Moore is a good wide receiver. The problem is, is he's never been given the same opportunity that you see even Kelvin Benjamin got. And you saw what Kelvin Benjamin did when they had an offense that could get the ball to him, right? Like it was, listen, we could talk about this all day, but DJ Moore is absolutely capable of being a great number one wide receiver. He has done fantastic job, a fantastic job in this league with nobody quarterbacks. Let's look at the last three years. Look at his stats for the last three years. Tell me who's throwing him the ball and tell me why he has the stats that he does. Tell me my, he's not my, a number one wide receiver. My thing is the what, what keeps him out of the conversation of being a true number one wide receiver is the amount of times I have seen defensive backs run routes for him. The simple fact of the matter is, is that his route running is not as good as some of those guys that were just mentioned. DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, even Stephon Diggs, like we already mentioned, Antonio Brown. This is not saying that he isn't a, a good player. I really do think that he is a very good wide receiver. But when I think of a number one wide receiver, I can put you on an island by yourself with any defensive back in the NFL. Jalen Ramsey, doesn't matter. Whoever you want to go against, I trust my guy to win a one-on-one -on -one matchup with you. Stephon Diggs, I want him at X receiver. I want him on the outside I the agree. entire the entire football game. Whereas for the Carolina Panthers, I think we would benefit more from putting DJ Moore in the slot. Mm -hmm. Let him use his yards after the catch ability, get the ball in space in the middle of the field, and kind of use our game plan to get him open more rather than depending on him to beat the, the, the corner right off right off jump. I don't necessarily think that's with, within his wheelhouse anymore. So it's for those reasons alone, I can't call him a number one wide receiver. And that matters because when he wants to get paid that next contract, he's going to want money that's indicative of a number one wide receiver. And I'm just saying we have not consistently seen that level of play from DJ Moore. Right. But he also hasn't had the same level of play from his quarterback right i mean let's shorter let, career let, he's still growing man his career ain't over yet you know right. it's, it's the other what, thing about dj moore is such a youngin too he was only yeah. like 21 when he came in the league but stefan diggs has more time under his belt look i think that uh i, I think you both make good points here right um good points both is that and, and look is that when it comes down to it, it's gonna be hard for dj moore to be what is a prototypical number one man because he's not like the size speed guy that those traits usually go to he's just not a calvin johnson size player you know and i know we can talk about like people want them to be steve smith but steve smith's an oddity in the nfl you know what i'm saying there's a reason he's gonna be in the hall of, hall of fame is because he played he was not only great but he did it in the uh, he shouldn't have done it right i mean he's a third round pick stuff like that dj moore has been put a lot of responsibility has been put on him. Um, I think he's been fine. I mean, you know, is that this? I would argue, I, I would say is that I think Cody is probably basing his opinion a little bit on just this year. Not just this year, but the recency of, man, it's not only worth stinking, he's not having his best season right. right now. You know, we wanted to see him take another step ahead and become right. – even better and it's just kind of been what it is you know what i'm saying is dj's been pretty good but not sensational
Well, and, um, as, and and Stefan Diggs got them touchdowns, homie. That's the other thing. But yeah. but that's also our our offense doesn't have touchdowns. So enough our of offense. this DJ Moore talk. Well, hold on. The, sport, the 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 sports blitz with the four ninety nine uh, uh, donations says, Cody, what wide receiver can you put back to back? Soon to be three times one thousand receiving yards with Kyle Allen, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, PJ Walker, Will Greer in two thousand twenty one camp. And sports blitz, listen, that point alone is not lost on me. In fact, that is what I've been saying for years on this podcast, that DJ Moore had the potential to be our very own DeAndre Hopkins in waiting. DeAndre Hopkins was always behind a terrible set of quarterbacks, all right? I wanted DJ to come on big time. But listen, uh, I mean, you can hope and wish all you want, and DJ Moore isn't you're never going to put him on the level of a DeAndre Hopkins, a Stephon Diggs. Uh, I mean, even guys like what Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup are doing. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put DJ oh. Moore on the on that level. And what? that's not. That's not to do. Justin Jefferson is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Not nah, you. Right the now. Cooper Cup mess. Oh my gosh. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup uh, he's leading the league in receiving yards. He's yeah, leading the league in touchdowns. Me? I and know, but he's they, also fed. They feed that mug. Because he's good. Hey, guess what? Feed him. He had five catches in the first six plays. The best receivers get 14, 15 attempts a game. He's also got an offense designed well with an offensive-minded coach that's going to get the ball to him. With a quarterback. Um, All right, can we can we pivot this conversation a little bit instead of just getting in the rut, the DJ Moore rut? Is that – isn't – wouldn't you say that DJ Moore, though, is one of the more attractive – assets that this team has yeah yes. to, I think he's a to good potentially guy to trade away yes yeah. right i mean is this point is like and i hate i know that people don't want to that we want to hear that we're not as far away and maybe we're not maybe you know you add uh you add some offensive linemen and you somehow find this quarterback and we're right there you know because the defense um you know a couple of pieces maybe add a linebacker or something in free agency I just don't trust this off front office to make the decisions right now to get us Agreed. that quickly to where we need to be. So I can, I just, it's been so tough on me this season that I feel like we're farther away than we thought, you know? Um, and really we didn't step forward this year. Like we like, and this we is the frustrating part is everybody talks about, Oh, um, I saw Brandon Herbert. By the way, where has been Black Cat? I ain't seen him. He ain't called in in a minute. Every, man. every once in a blue moon, he'll jump on Twitter to talk some shit with me. And then he's always like making fun of me or, or saying I've, I've, you know, have some terrible Panthers take. <laughs> like you don't know, know nothing about football. But here is that he uh, he's putting out this. He's dying on this hill right now. I thought this was cute. Is like I'm not gonna give up on Matt Rule. Everybody else is gonna give up. And like so, he's trying to play the card. Like he's like gonna be the one guy that maybe it works out, and he's gonna do that. I told you so. Uh, and it's not. Don't worry, bro. It's like <laughs> that. It ain't gonna work out. No. But um, he was like, but in his tweet, he said, um, "Y'all forget this is a rebuilding process, and this is year two. And actually, no, I haven't forgot that. That's the whole fucking point of my frustration is that it has nothing to do with the W's. It has nothing to do with the W's. It's that got to do with building. 
it turns out that Matt Rule is not a good builder. Or or maybe is that this he's not at the pro level like this. He's built this shoddy ass constructed house right now because we don't have asset, we don't have draft picks in the future. We don't haven't improved on the offensive line. We haven't improved at quarterback. We are just spinning wheels at these positions that we need to improve upon. And those are the building blocks that I wanted to see. I wanted us to be, I would be if we finished five and twelve this year. And we saw an offensive line that started to get better. We saw Sam Darnold that looked better. You know, then I'd be like, all right, well, let's we're, we're building, add some pieces. Moving in the right and direction. This, yeah, and we're not. And that's the frustrating part. So this is where I want to pivot the conversation. Is that can I, can I read this last donation real quick? And then we'll move yes. on. I won't even respond to it. It's just a donation. Amari Cooper and Diggs are both making 20 million per year. Robbie is making 15 million per year. I say we shouldn't have paid Robbie and gave DJ that twenty million. Ooh, okay, appreciate it. How about Thank we you. don't give either of them twenty million? Um, and <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's I'm what I would that. say is that um, I don't think we have a yeah. I don't think I don't think we've seen enough from either one of them uh, to to warrant any type of contract like that yet. But you again, add DJ my- Moore, you add DJ Moore to Green Bay Packers. Holy shit! We put him beside Devontae Adams fucking crazy awesome yeah. right you put him uh with tom brady beside mike evans fucking crazy yeah. awesome you give him to the patriots they're gonna do something they'll oh find him figure something out give him to the fucking bills man i don't know like well maybe i'm trying to think you pair him with like a tip maybe he'd be great for the titans might be a good team for, but um oh the well man, he might be too complimentary not complimentary enough for Titans. Chargers, Chargers, yes, Chargers, and Mike Williams, and Mike yeah. Williams is in a contract year, so I don't know if they're going to re-sign him or just stick with Keenan Allen. But we have the rights to DJ Moore. To me, is like who else is more like who are the people on the team that are tradable? Like people say, Christian McCaffrey. Fuck that. I think that uh, I think DJ Moore is more tradable than Christian McCaffrey because of the injury history. Yeah. I agree. And contract, contract status yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, you don't have to take on a big and contract. Have, and yeah. yeah. And and DJ has been durable. Um, the only so, thing is that you're if, if he's on his fifth year contract, whatever team is trading for him, they're paying for a one year lease. Right. Or, or they're going to be prepared to have to pay him big money soon yeah but you also are gonna want uh you're you're probably when you're trading for a player you're probably thinking that player is going to help you get to the promised land so you do want them for you know you're kind of all right with the one-year lease let's see how it works more so than taking on a contract that you get stuck with for two or three years you know what i'm saying so if you don't you use it like imagine if you add them to the packers they don't have to pay a ton for it and they're in win now mode. Um, so put them on the Vikings, he'd be great. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, Thielen is getting older. Man, the Vikings though are a mess. So anyway, I think DJ Moore is a, a tradable asset more so than a payable asset. Like I think it would be better for us. Man, the sports blitz coming in strong with the donations. Man, we appreciate it. Uh, by the way, uh, just a been a big a lot of generosity um from the c3 chats 
you know, we had a big uh, post game show. So Merry Christmas, Enjoy y'all. And I need up. it, by the way, because I ordered all these fucking Cam Newton shirts and nobody's going to buy them now. This guy was like, I want 10 of them. I ain't heard shit back. And I, I need to email. <laughs> no. I need to email them back. But you know what I'm saying? I, didn't. I was like, yeah. oh, they're coming. And then since then, it's just been like de- devastation. Nick, yeah. I got yours. They're going out in the mail tomorrow. Cool. Um, Sports Blitz anyway. says, can we trade? Or he says, we can trade Brian Burns. DJ and possibly Derek Brown, but that those are the three. I can see all those. Yeah, those are the three players that you have to, you know. And I don't think Derek Brown is one you want to trade. Is that I mean you just drafted the motherfucker? Yeah, you know you might as well get a little bit more out of him. We can add We do. We do. It's not. I I have said that, and I maintain that Derek Brown was not worth the top ten pick that we spent on him. However, that does not mean that he isn't a good player and that he doesn't play a legitimate role on our football team. And that and there was a had, reason we drafted him too in yeah, the top ten is because and, our run defense sucked. Mm-hmm. And before. recently, it hasn't been much better. But on top of the fact that, I mean, listen, we're going to need a big body in the middle of our defense. Yeah, and there is necessity. no reason why it couldn't still be Derek Brown. And frankly, you know, he's still a young football player. Uh, he's got a lot of growing to do. Personally, I wish everybody on this team would get the fuck off social media because even Derek, uh, Derek Brown is embarrassing himself nowadays and writing shit, which also leads me to believe that we don't have a very tight-knit uh, culture, like keeping things in-house. But if you did like what the sports blitz implied, and traded all these players. I mean, aren't you hands down admitting that we're starting from scratch, mm-hmm. rebuilding the football team? You like, I mean, because those well, are aren't three, you I mean, though? Like, we should, aren't we you anyway? Like I mean, though. yeah, but aren't again, you? I agree with what Greg. else are you going to do? Kind of like too little, too late, man. Like, what are you going to do at this point? You've made this bed; you have to lay in it. If you have been building this football team, like we're on the verge of making a playoff push then you still have to treat it as such. And if we might not think so, but that's what apparently Matt Rule thinks. That's what David Tepper thinks. That's what Scott Fitterer thinks, trading for Stephon Gilmore and C.J. Henderson this season when we didn't have a lot of draft capital to give up for those players anyway. We still found time and, and effort to do it. So, I mean, I think that you have to try and build this going forward like the Panthers are going to be legitimate contenders because to do anything else is to admit failure and defeat on, uh, on a front office level. Um, this was a failure. Oh, fucking Mike Davis. I like you, Mike Davis. Why are you going to do this? First of all, what Cam ever fucking do to you? Everyone's what did Cam ever do? I think now. he's Atlanta guy, maybe like uh, from Atlanta. Boy. Yeah. Um, but this dude had like 40 rushing yards. Yeah, I think Cam like, had yeah. more rushing yards than damn Mike Davis did in this game. Ass. I, think uh, I don't no, like it, I, I wanted to, I wanted to comment on that. I'm back to being a number two wide receiver to a guy who's never played running back in his career. Oh, uh, number two. Yeah, <laughs> I'm back uh, to being a backup. Yeah, uh, running back. Um so the Panthers um, going to the Bill Buffalo guys. Um, 
I think you could have taken the early spread. We would probably would have wanted to do this if you were a um, a Panthers fan. If you feel like the Panthers are going to make a fight of it, the nine and a half points. Uh, no, that would have been better for the Bills if you're a Bills fan. Bills are up uh, 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the point total at 45, so they don't expect it to be a scorcher. Um, any chance the Panthers cover this 11? You know, lose by less than 11 yeah, this, or this the, the Bills? Game, this is the game they come out and they decide to shit on the the, the Bills, and, and then all of a sudden we're... Like we're like, oh my gosh, they're doing really good, but it's a little too late, and all of a sudden now we're going to be picking in the top twelve instead of the top eight. Yeah, yeah, I, and you I, know I, that's going to suck. And here's the real. I think the another disappointing part about this Panthers team so far this year is that they weren't they were in a real playoff hunt like a lot of times, and there up was until a lot last of last week. Like this yeah. there was a lot of opportunity, still. a lot of opportunity to catch momentum. Mm-hmm. And like every time, you know, like you you had that opportunity to go into Dallas and start off four and oh and really beat a team that you know um was a good team instead of beating up on a bunch of broken Nobody, and battered yeah. teams. Yeah. And then you blew that opportunity. You're like, all right, and then you got a chance to rebound the next week and go on a streak, maybe. With what we play the Eagles, then you play like some winnable games, yep. you think, before you go to Arizona. And you you miss every opportunity to kind of get headed in the right direction. Uh, then Cam comes back and you win in Arizona. And then who we have Washington coming to town and a winnable game. Or you would think it's an opportunity, right? To to stack some wins together with Arizona, not having um, their star defensive, you know, defensive yeah. end and Chase Young, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cam coming back in the te- and then no, right, and then you go to Miami again. Actually, I think that we were probably slated to lose that Miami game, but was that that's a tough game on the road there against a team that's probably better than the record says they are. Um, but they, just like it, it's like a Ron Rivera mixtape of missed opportunities mm-hmm. and this past week of falcons you know imagine this is that you win against the falcons you head to buffalo you catch buffalo with a nicked up josh allen and some tough weather and you pull off a win and all of a sudden you're seven and you would be seven and six or seven and so you know something like that and you would be starting to think hey man uh it's not out of the realm of possibility, but every opportunity we've had, we failed. We failed. And it's been like, that's the thing that's the most concerning from like our players to our coaching. Like we have been in this and we've had ev- like, we've controlled our own destiny for the majority of this. And the problem is, is we've constantly beaten ourselves. Like we aren't even, like, are we, we're playing teams and they're playing well. Sure. And I'm not going to take anything away from that, but we're also, not losing because of what the other team is doing. We're losing because of what we're doing. And that is what's the most frustrating is like, that's where, you know, I think most of us are tired of the Matt rule experience because like it's, it's been every time we've had a shot at trying to show the world what we're capable of doing. It's just been just a a disaster. Mm -hmm. Look, I'll I'll go ahead and tell you right now, the only way that there's the real easy way to figure out the spread about the Panthers are going to beat it. Just hit me up on Sunday to ask what I bet on. Cause if I, take the Panthers and 11 points, they're going to get smashed. 
if I take the Bills and the minus 11, they're going to be beating Carolina by 17 points in the fourth quarter garbage time. And Carolina's going to have a one-minute garbage time drive and kick a field goal or score a touchdown and break that 11 points, and I'm going to lose. So just hit me up on Sunday. Ask what I bet on. That'll, that'll you know how you get spread. That'll open it up you for you, yeah. Yeah. What's really been a killer for the Carolina Panthers this year and, and kind of to support what you're saying, CK, is, you know, we're fourth in the league in penalties. We have 94. We've had 94 penalties. Now, the key believe this is that the Raiders and the Cowboys have over 100 penalties, 104, 103. The Vikings are ahead of us by one with 95. When it comes to penalty yards, let's see. We are maybe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eighth in yards. Yeah, but the- ninety-four penalties is like we are a uh, a mess. Like every game, we have a lot of right. penalties. Six, and the problem, seven. And pen- the, the thing is, is those penalties aren't even like it's it. The, the, like you're you're showing that we're not like getting the most yards, but they're coming at the worst possible times. Like, that's the part that's so tough about it is like when these guys have like the game is on the line. These guys do not have the mental capacity to not make mistakes that are going to cause us to lose the game. And that is, you know, what Cam is- said, Cam said that about his interception. CK is that like uh, that the mental fatigue, like, I mean, like, is that he was, fat- you know, is that that's a mental error he made. Uh, these penalties demonstrate mental fatigue. Right. Yeah, and uh, and that Hartsfield penalty is like. Here's the other thing: is you're right. They have come at some fucking awful times. Like you're going for two point conversion, which I heard Matt Rule's explanation, and I actually get it. Uh, why we were going to go for two there I, instead yeah. of is I that it does be- help you if you need to know if you need to kick an onside field goal, uh, onside kick or, or not later on. But the I, uh, the Hartsfield yeah. penalty did negated a a third down stop. You know, like, I mean, it's every penalty seemingly does come at the absolute worst. What was that one game? Didn't we have one game where we had like four fault starts in a row or something like that? And it was just like, it was like Sam Darnold st- stepped up to the line. It was like third and 70. <laughs> it felt like that. It was like, it was we have, ju- yeah. yeah. It was so. one of those third, it was one of those uh, third quarter hells that we were going through <laughs> uh, er- earlier on in, in, in the season. Um, and listen, I think going into this matchup, you know, we, you mentioned that minus 11 line. And I think so much of that is if Josh Allen is healthy and ready to go. Um, I'm not going to pick the Carolina Panthers to win this because, frankly, I have not seen enough evidence of them being able to put forth enough fight to even beat the, the worst of football teams. Right. At the, at this point, like I, I wish we could that beat the Jags. The we could beat the Jags. I mean, yeah, I mean, probably maybe the Jags and the Jets, some of the like the worst teams. But dude, look, we're going to be picking uh, top ten. I, I I don't know as of yet. We might have potential to pick in the top five. It's slim, but we're going to have a top ten pick, and we deserve the pick that we're going to get. But an interesting thing that I'm interested in seeing that hasn't gotten quite enough, um, you know, uh, enough talk about is some Stefan on Stefan violence. And I'm interested to see what that looks like. Stefan Gilmore on Stefan Diggs. Through that. And I mean, those are two of the, th- that might be one of the best receiver defensive back matchups that you can see this season. 
Um, you know, and I think we're really going to see what kind of player Stephon Gilmore is going to be for us going forward. Uh, I mean, especially now that we're going to be leaning on him so much um, in the absence of Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn, we're really going to have to uh, see guys like Hartsfield and C.J. Henderson step up and in, in, into a bigger role in, on this uh, in this defensive backfield. Uh, other than that, uh, that's what gives me pause. Is if Josh Allen is able to play and they have all their weapons at their d- disposal, Dawson Knox is a really good tight end prospect. I remember liking him coming out of Ole Miss. Um, you know, Beasley is still there making plays. Our, our defense has a has a real task on our on his hands, and they're going to run Josh Allen too. And I think that we've had problems. Well, I don't think I know that the Panthers' defense has has had problems um, containing mobile quarterbacks this year. You know, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. You know, they were able to use their feet, move around the pocket, and and be able to hurt us downfield. I imagine that Josh Allen would probably be able to do something uh, something similar. But uh, listen, before we move on uh, to cat calls here. Um, listen, you already know what the deal is, man. We have a bunch of freak shows in our chat, uh, who come for this one weird, weird obsession that they have. And, uh, look, it's weird, but I don't judge it. I'm just here to help you satiate your urges, dude. So without further ado, CK, talk to your little, your little sickos, bro. Oh, you came back to see me? Wow. I thought last time for sure I scared you away. You guys have come in, not hit that like button? Again? How dare you? This is your subscriber shame. Hit the like button. Subscriber shame. 110 strong viewers watching. 68 thumbs up. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe. Hit the notification bell for every single time the C3 podcast goes live. Look, Panther fans might be apathetic right now, but even through these apathetic times, the C3 podcast remains. We're going to be here for you. We'll be your Panther therapy. This is a show for the fans by the fans. So mm-hmm. be a part of this action that we have going on here. Uh, and without further ado, Tony, let's uh, let's play some cat calls. Let's see what we got here. So, what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So, how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels two, good, like. What's going on, guys? You got Coach Kurt from Wilmington, North Carolina, man. What's up, Coach? Uh, Matt fucking rule. Like, he does absolute fuck all. He does not watch the talent that he has on his team, like Cody's been saying. Like, the man cannot tell from his fucking left to fucking right. Like, I don't... I don't know what the hell he's doing, but obviously, all good. He should be gone. And then... I don't know what next bonehead decision fucking David Tepper's gonna make. Like, what the hell is that man gonna do? Because we, we saw him like 
absolutely wake up and fucking shit the bed. Like that man wakes up, fucking cries himself to sleep every single day because he doesn't know how to make those football NFL owning team decision making. Like he doesn't know anything about football. So are we really expecting him to go out and find a new great next best thing head coach? Absolutely not. No confidence whatsoever. But at this point, there's no reason that we should not see. All right, first of all, you've got Cam Newton to come back. Amazing. I'd rather fucking lose with Cam Newton than Sam fucking retard Darnold running the fucking offense. But don't bitch Cam Newton. Okay, don't let PJ Walker come in. Like, don't don't get me wrong. He, PJ Walker, a good a good third string for sure. Second string, <laughs> third string. Like, <laughs> put him in in a rotation like that. Absolutely not. I mean, I get we're doing absolute fuck all this entire season, so he has room to try to like come in and make things and like get things done and show his talent. But it's not there. It's just not. You got Cam Newton. You sign him for the rest of the year. Play him. He throws a pick. Don't sit him. Everybody throws a fucking pick. All right, and nobody's perfect, but we know Cam Newton can actually go out, make plays, look at his mistakes, and he keeps the fucking team on their toes. He's the energy we need. But I mean, we got Bucks twice. We got the Bills next week, and we got the Saints. Do I think we're gonna win in the fucking game? Absolutely not. I mean, maybe the Bucks if they would just lay on their fucking backs after they clinched the first seed. But even then, maybe not. Even then, yeah, but exactly. There's no reason we're not seeing some Chuba and Amir on the field at the same time. There's no reason we are not targeting Ian Thomas. Think about it. Ian Thomas has made some of our best catches on this damn team. He also sucks. <laughs> he does. Oh, I'm shit. sorry. Oh, look, there's he's not. Guy. He's, he's not. Guy. Nah, he's got more. He got more. He got more. Don't worry. He this. Here we go. Keep going. Uh, by the way, thanks guys for calling. In. You see the number on the screen. If you're listening, uh, in your car on iTunes, tune in Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify. Right uh, later on, the number's 252-228-5098. Let's keep going with the calls. Hey, real quick, real quick. Oh, real quick. Just want to say thanks once again to the Sports Blitz but for the one ninety nine donation. He says, Eric, be enemy for head coach. And I'm right there with your brother. I can I can back it up. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, I just saw this tweet here. This Bradley D, uh Dudra Dudra. He uh I, he tweets. Yeah, he me. comes on the free for all, all the time. Oh yeah. He said, How do I punish my four year old for acting like an ass at school, you ask? I make him watch Panthers game tape with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> That's Dude, that's cruel. child abuse. Right uh, <laughs> I know. He just, you just got. I'm gonna tweet that. You just got social services called on you. All right, here we go. <laughs> hey guys, it's uh, Coach Kurt from Wilmington again. I got cut off there, but I was saying, up, Coach, we've seen Robbie Anderson back in his groove, and what? we still got you know DJ Moore not living up to his potential. But look, we have these playmakers. Terrace Marshall should be out in that field. We should see Brady Christensen at left tackle. 
need to see Brown at guard. We need – I don't know what the hell we're going to do for this offensive line. Like, what, just absolute tank the rest of the season. Even if we try, I don't think we're going to win. So we have a good draft pick. What do we go big – a big tackle first, like, first round? No. I, I mean, yes, we could, absolutely. But are they going to make that decision? We, we know they're not. I think we need to fucking trade back and then go for two offensive linemen. But are you going to do that? No, because they don't know fuck all about football. They don't know shit. Fucking Matt Rule, fucking brain dead. He, what, Temple and what was it? I don't know. about school he went. Fucking coach that. You changed two organizations. Like, you did good at two college organizations that were complete dog shit. Okay? Good, good for you. Anybody can fucking do that shit. It's fucking Temple. Like, you're not talking about, like, some big-ass fucking going in the fucking top rank or going in the playoffs, making a college run. You did good at a mediocre fucking college where it's easy to find talent on a college football team where it's not easy to find talent or bring talent into an NFL team, especially on an NFL team that's been mediocre, mediocre since fucking that 2015 season. Like, it's just absolute dog shit. If anything, Joe Brady should be our head coach right now and fucking Matt Rule should be sitting on his fucking couch watching the goddamn game. Maybe go do some extra homework. I don't fucking know. But right now, with our new offensive coordinator, I see we've obviously seen good. Against Atlanta, that was some good play calls. Absolutely no issue. But we need to have Chubba, Amir Abdullah, Especially Amir Abdullah, that man is explosive off the ball. Ian Thomas, he's got hands. We need to see some jet sweeps for DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Those guys are fast. They are two of the most fastest receivers in the league. And we're not using them how we should be using them. We need to see dump-off passes. We need to get our running backs in the open field. Jesus Christ, boys. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to hear the frustration. I know. It was like uh, it was like the post game show. The post game show, you could just hear the exhaustion. Yeah, the defeat. Uh, Look, he's coming back for more. He's got more to say about how the rest of the recipe. I wouldn't say that Robbie Anderson's hitting a stride though. Good lord, no, dude. I'm over here looking at fucking Matt Rule's fucking press conference. This dude looks like. A fucking deadbeat fucking stepdad. That fucking you you see in the movies where the fucking kid comes home and the fucking dad's sitting there in his fucking stupid ass fucking rocking chair or fucking yeah. and he's just sitting there drinking a beer watching With fucking white TV. Beater. That motherfucker yeah. needs to go into that fucking he needs to that's what he needs to partake in. He's not a fucking coach. He's not a coach. He's like a fucking bulldog with a fucking Underbite. Underbite. He is frustrated. I want to call back. To Let it out. What the hell are we going to do for more draft capital? Like, what are we doing? Like I said before, trade back for the first round pick because we're having a top ten pick. That's fucking happening. We might have a top ten pick for the next like five fucking years. <laughs> you might as well start fucking trading those away. Because it doesn't really fucking matter because they don't know how to draft. 
They don't know how to fucking draft. <laughs> Haven't we had one we for the last three five years? Fucking, we could have five first-round picks this upcoming fucking draft, and they would pick fucking five corners. Five corners <laughs> over a quarterback <laughs> and a fucking offense lineman. Fucking they would third. draft all receivers. And do we get to draft? Uh, do we get to trade away CMC for his value? Or he's going to keep running his ass into the ground? I mean, for the for what we pay him, overpaid running back, anybody can run the damn ball, but obviously CMC's different, but he's still overpaid. He's but overpaid, yeah. He definitely he's so lucky to the fact that he's, he's always hurt. Right injury-prone injury points like Saquon Barkley. How much can we really get for a CMC right now? I mean, I feel at least two draft picks or one first or a, just a personnel trade, a one-for-one, one, something. God damn. I we think get they're better of off. I, I he think it's DJ Moore and Brian Burns. This whole entire year. Other than being a diva on the fucking sideline. But. He's we have a shit ton of secondary. We can definitely trade trade away some of that. Trade away Dante fucking Jackson. Get that bum out. Can't. Can't. Yeah, He's out. Not anymore. So Too late. Speed, but you run a 4-3 and you can't do shit with it. Like, yeah, he's made it some great plays. But when you put him against a real receiver, like a Devontae Adams, a Justin Jefferson, someone like that, he gets burnt all the damn time. Or do you? All right, here's the final this part. This is the second half of my trade, my trade talk. <laughs> what I was saying is, I was like, do you keep Dante and get rid of AJ Boye? Like, who? We're not going to be able to afford to sign Dante. Well, maybe we will. JT Horn's going to come back. We're keeping him. I want him over Dante any time of the day. I think oh, Dante's the, the odd man out. I do. Keith Taylor's been showing out. I wish we didn't even make the C.J. Henderson trade. Give us those fucking know, draft this picks. One's Give us stuck. that draft pick back. Yeah. And fucking the tight end. Fucking Arnold. Dan Give Arnold, that yeah. back. He's on IR. Damn. What are we doing? We this need folks, linebackers. It's need therapy. Linebackers, this is what sure. it feels like. I was the, in it this morning. Let it out. getting fucked every single damn day. And our defensive line, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Brian Burns not showing out. Hassan Wright's been going off, but like you guys have been saying, he's going to be worth a billion dollars. But there again, we haven't, we didn't sack Matt Ryan. Not one fucking time did we sack Matt Ryan. No. Jesus, boy. That's what has me believing they're checked out. Mm-hmm. We're doing fuck all. We need to, we, back to square one. Back to square one. This rebuild is back to square one. And there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. Nothing. David Tepper has to pull his head out of his ass, go do his fucking homework, maybe get a goddamn tutor to help him out, and we got to get this build back together. And we're starting from fucking scratch. I think you got to, like, hire, like, Tony Dungy as, like, a consultant or something. Jeremy Chen. Keep some of that secondary. Keep fucking, at least keep DJ Moore on the offensive side of the ball. And I say for trouble in the mirror, I would keep one of the two for a second string. 
Well, you're going to keep uh, – you get Chuba Hubbard because he's a draft pick, so you get, get time with him. He's going to be on this team. Fucking line to whoever the fuck you think is going to actually come in and be worse shit. And don't sit on your – eat your fucking mistakes. All right. Let's uh, – all right. I appreciate the call here. I wanna, I'm going to do this, Thanks, Cody. Man. Um, to kind of piggyback on this discussion of how to build going forward. There is some good news. You can't see it here. Take this comment down for a second. Uh, the projected cap, the cap's supposed to go up almost $30 million this year. So, um, yeah, that's big time. By the way, when I first started this podcast, well, I think it was around 2013 we were in, uh, it was $108 million in 2012, I think. Can you believe that? It's gone up a hundred million dollars in a decade, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, that also that yeah. also tells you this is that the NFL is making biggity 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 bank, bro. Right? Because yeah. the the cap is based off of a revenue share, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so that means they've been making money, yo. Even through COVID, they made a fucking shit ton of money. How about that? Oh yeah. Um but we do have, this is going to be a time where we get to spend some money in free agency. Um, and I think you are starting to think about, like, how do you allocate that in a wise way? And maybe maybe we're not as far off as we think, is you add some offensive linemen, you go pay a top-tier guard, you go pay... Uh, you maybe try to find a top tier tackle. I don't know though. I don't even know how many are there are out there. Look at um. Uh, do me a favor. Can we look at the Saints uh, free agents this year? Yeah, hang on. I'll do it. Um. So here is the. But I think is this is that what what I wanted to circle back to with the conversation was with the guys like Dante Jackson. Um, he's not tradable because he's going to be a free agent this year, right? Yep. So you can't trade him. You would have to re-sign him. But we kind of had this um, debate. My take, actually, we didn't kind of. We debated my take. This is about six weeks ago. I feel like now, Cody, where we did Dante Jackson or Stefan Gilmore. Um, maybe it would be worth uh, hitting Gilmore <clears throat> up on a two-year deal. Like he would have a bigger impact. Him and J.C. Horn and these guys together rather than bringing back like Dante with JC Horn and letting Gilmore walk. But I also think that maybe uh, paying Hassan Reddick isn't the best fit for our team. Um, Is that, and I'm not trying to shit on his performance. He's been the best player on our defense by far. I would, or at least the most productive. But um, if you're questioning your court, your coaching staff, your question, your ability to stop the run is like uh, Matt Rule would pay um, homeboy, but I don't know if another coach would want to do that necessarily. Well, and, uh, maybe you could put that money towards something better, like a tackle. Well, so okay, a, a few things on that. Um, one, like there's this notion that because Matt Rule coached at Temple. And that's where Hassan Reddick went to school. Like that's the only reason that Hassan Reddick will play for the Panthers. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the money talks, and you have to realize that people have life outside of football too. You get used to a community, and you get used to being on a football team. 
And sometimes just for the convenience of it, you know, you like the situation you have. You want to be a part of that football team going forward. I don't know what the truth of the matter is with Hassan Reddick. I will say this year, he is definitely the player who is most deserving to get another contract for the Carolina Panthers going forward. And I would like to think that if we gave him a fair value and a fair deal, that he would still return. Um, Going back to that last caller, yeah, listen, you have seen Dante Jackson's last snap as a Carolina Panther. You, I mean, if, if, if I'm a betting man, you will never see Dante Jackson suit up in a Carolina Panthers outfit again. Um, I think he's the odd man out considering we're probably going to go forward with J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, and potentially Stephon Gilmore if he's willing to come back on a team-friendly deal to stay in the Charlotte area going forward. Um, you know, on on top of that, uh, C.K., you wanted to know who the, uh, who the Saints had in free agency. Teron Armstead left tackle oh. 30 years. 30 years old, uh, that's uh, number one on their free agent list. And according to SpotRat.com, his market value would be $23.9 million in average annual salary if you were going to pay Teron Armstead. So once again, we're talking about if the Panthers are going to actually fix their offensive line position through free agency, one – we're going to be paying another bid-time contract for a player that is on the wrong side of 30 years old. Uh, and and then again, you're already looking at that on top of all the money that we have going to other players. Uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, we have money going to. Robbie Anderson, we have money going to. You know, uh, We haven't even addressed the quarterback position, and that's a whole other can of worms. Do people want cam newton back for another year or two how much would you be willing to pay for him you know it really goes back to how messed up it's been that we haven't done everything in our power to fix the left tackle position while it was cheap to do so and you know the fact that we do not know what we have from brady christensen at that position uh is an indictment on our head coach and and his ability to evaluate talent. So I don't know, man. It would be a tall order to fix this offensive line going forward through free agency alone. You have to no, you gotta you're gonna have to do both. But the the you're gonna have to get that tackle in free agency, man. Um the char uh the Rams did it with the Whitworth. We we missed, you know, we went with Khalil. We should have gone with um the guy that we got, the bit Russell Okun that same year because he went and played some good years for the chargers the andrew whitworth or whatever his name is he was good and he's older the you get a tackle out of the draft man there's such a steep learning curve for left tackles it takes a long time for them to get good you know is that i mean they might not be awful but there's been a lot of guys that are ranked top 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 and they either never pan out or take forever so i'm okay like Pay that money to Armstead. Draft a guard. A guard you can do, you know, then you can get rolling, man, and make a big difference rather than getting another bottom of the barrel or a second round draft or whatever draft pick you get. Um, not even if you're not even in the top five, you might not even get the one you want. So uh, I'm saying I'm with you. Is pay that dude 
Um, all right, let's go. You ready to go to the next call? Yeah. All right. What's going on, C3 Nation? It's your What's boy, up, Jay Anderson, hitting y'all up. What up, Man, Jay? I'm just, just coming, I mean, just coming to the conclusion that Matt, Matt Rule feels real safe right now. That's why he don't give a fuck right now. He feels real safe. He kind of looked like he that in the press conference this past week. I agree with that. I mean, the dude has Teddy as a first of all, he let go Cam and say he needed his own quarterback. Mm. That didn't work out. Then he blamed Teddy. Then he now he blames now he blames Joe Brady. And now Cam is taking Cam is being the scapegoat and all this. That's yeah. why I didn't want Cam to come back. Yep, me too. To this team. Because of his coaching staff. Because ever since Cam came back and, the, you know, they got a couple of losses, all the blame just shifted on Cam. Now, Panther fans know what's up. We know what's up. We watch the games and stuff like that. But, you know, because it's Cam Newton, they're going to they talk about Cam and they're going to put the blame on Cam. Always and forever. And that's why Rula's smiling at these press conferences, which I can't stand to watch. And he knows he's safe. I hope he gets fired, but I believe he he just safe. And it just we gonna we are doomed to another season. And it is pitiful. It's just bad. All right, y'all. This is let me see if I got it pulled up. I think it's where it go. I swear I had it pulled up. Where was that? Oh, he didn't hang up. Uh, God, did I close it? I had the Matt Rule press conference pull. Oh, here it goes. I got it. You want me to play it? I got it right here. National Football League, if you if you turn the ball over three times, you know, you have about a 7% chance of winning. Oops. Stop playing. Stop playing. Right, there you go. Where'd you go, bitch? Um, oh. Really a credit to a lot of guys that were in the game. Um, it's, in, in the, it's, it's, to be quite honest, it's our fifth th- uh, three turnover game of the year. And so, um, you know, um, you could probably like full stop. I mean, like you could, if, if we protect the football, we have a chance to win in these games, you know, and <clears> they <throat> have a pick six, you know, um, thought the special teams um, weren't good enough in the game, um, you know, the field position obviously was tilted it against us. I thought uh, defensively, um, the issue just came down to third down. Uh, you know, winning in third down. You know, you know our guys play man. All right. So some people interpret that as a throwing Cam under the bus, but I think I mean it is true. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, he's right. If you turn the ball over, you ain't going to win, especially when you're not good. When you're not good at coming back, you know what I'm saying? You don't have the luxury of making those mistakes. Uh, the special teams did put us in ter- like. And this, I also, why did we just toss Joey Charlton to the wayside? I know he got hurt or something, but they acted like he Because he was having well. a bad year. Was he? I yeah. felt like he was getting people deep all the time. No, no, he was having a really bad year. Like, this guy yeah. that we have in place of him had, like, a 15-yard higher average per punt than, than Charlton did. But if you're pinning them deep, though, there was a couple in no, those. No, he was, days. like, the average starting position. Like, his average position for punts were, like, within, 
were were better than than Charlton's okay. as well. So and my then, problem, my problem is this game, and he's right. The defense just on third down didn't get it done. Yeah, defense didn't get it done, but it always seems to me like the the turnovers get put purely on the quarterback. And it, it, again, look, I I put that pick six on Cam. It was a good play by the defense, but it happened. He threw a pick six. But even the fumble, he got his foot stepped on. The center stepped on his foot. Cam even still almost got it to his chest. Like, it it just reads of Matt Rule putting all the blame onto the quarterback position, putting it all on on the quarterback again. And it's it's like he doesn't take responsibility for the fact that his football team is undisciplined. It's I'll, I'll, undisciplined, and it's because of him. Yeah. No, I completely agree, and I also think that it's kind of like one of those things. So, for instance, the Patrick Mahomes no-look passes, right? Everybody loves them, but if it were to be interceptions, he'd be crucified, right? Because it was, oh, you're you're just out there trying. If if Cam Newton got that ball into Chuba Hubbard's uh into in right where it needed to be and it wasn't a fumble then then it was it would have been it would have been praised as one of the best plays of the game right but because chuba hubbard wasn't prepared and wasn't paying attention then all of a sudden now it's cam's fault like yes is that a smart decision probably not <laughs> tony's over here doing some rubik's cubes um <laughs> but no it's it, like i said I, I think it's just it's such a tough line to walk i i can't sit there and put all this blame on on, on one person, even with just that, because like you said, I mean, yes, interceptions come down to the quarterback. We blame Sam Darnold. We blame PJ Walker, even when there might be communication issues or there might be just a really good defensive play. We still blame the quarterback. So that comes, that does fall on Cam Newton's, you know, shoulders. Right. Um, And, and you might say that that handoff falls on Cam Newton's shoulders, but I think it also falls on the fact that you know, we again, Cam Newton is is being stepped on, and that's that's just a tough play. He's trying to make something happen in a game that was already starting to kind of slip through their hands. Uh, I think, no, uh, was- uh, and like, is look, is that he deserved look the turnovers were the difference in this Atlanta game, right? And they just were, is that and the pick six put them back, uh, put them ahead in the game. It was a tie game, yeah. They gave uh, seven, yeah. Was, I mean, as teams win and lose together. Uh, those turnover the the Cam, Cam Newton turned over the ball and it's uh twice and it is they they were costly ones you know what I'm saying they turned out to lead to points for the other team and and so look is that it did matter in this game now here's the the problem is or not a problem the reality is is that these turnovers in this game uh, may have lent to this one but the problems for this team are more systemic than just turning the ball over. Right, is that uh, that hasn't been the reason we've been losing this season? It's just turnovers. It's been more than that. It's been offensive ineptitude. It's been the inability to run the ball effectively. It's been the inability to score. It's been an inability to stop teams against the run. So in this game, the turnovers were uh, problematic and did contribute to the loss. But at the same time, it's like the team still sucks. Yeah. You know, it's like, is that, is that, yeah, these are the ugly parts of this pig, but it's still a fucking pig. It's still ugly. You know, like, um, anyway, I don't even know if that was a good analogy. Next call. 
Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston. Man, yeah, I've been thinking about what we need to do in the off season. And to me, I think we gotta let all of our free agents walk. Like maybe sign Gilmore and that's it. But like Hassan, like you know, he he's a luxury. Like he's not, he he doesn't help with the run. Well, he still helps with the run, but not well. But like pass wise, like he's 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 a sacker. That's it. And we need to start spending money on the offensive line. We don't need to spend money on just a guy who's sack. You know. I think he's right. I just think let everyone walk. Just let everyone walk, or if you could do a sign-in trade, do that. But, like, yeah, spend that money on the O-line on great players or draft somebody. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, trade DJ. I would trade Robbie if you can get somebody to trade for him. And... Yeah, that's it. I think you're right. Good call. Good call. Next call. Hey, guys. Joey. What's up, Uh, Joey? Level head and me kind of prevailed, I guess. I don't know. I'm still pissed about this fucking game. I'm so dumb. (laughs) But I was thinking at work, I mean, if we kept Matt Rule for another year, and here's an argument, Tony, you were asking about on the post-game show, and I know people are going to clap my ass for it, but I don't really give a shit because it's not like I can catch them staring. But if we were to keep Matt Rule for another year, which I kind of I understand why we would do it because we already suck anyway, we're pretty much screwed into sucking next year too because, I mean, we have no capital. Unless Scott Fitter really shows what he's made of, what you get into here is you keep that rule for another year, and a either two things of two things happen: one, Matt Rule has his magic third year, and you know, like nothing ever happened. Two is Matt Rule really does suck, and we know what we're getting out of him, which ain't shit really, but still. And um, what you do is like, okay, Scott Fitter didn't show what he's made of. Matt will show that he's made of, which is literally shit. Fire both of them, get a new GM, get a new coach, and we'll be going into 2023 with a lot of optimism, which will probably get drop zone back down again because that's how being a Panthers fan is. But that's my one argument for keeping Matt Rule. And believe me, Matt Rule is so, oh, he's so bad. He, oh boy. He just shows you every game why he sucks ass. Anyway, every guys. Press conference. Wow, wow, wow. I think the lack of discipline on this team has been, uh, and the kind of fumbling the strategy is the kind of real fucking irritating parts right. to Matt Rule. Like, I don't see where he's where he's great. I don't even you know. Like, I'm trying to see, like, is like why everybody says such a good coach, such a good coach. It's like right now, I don't see anything that's really that good. Um, I mean, here's I, the, here, I don't like to shit on people in their jobs. Like, I, like I'm not saying I could do a better job. I'm just saying, like, I mean, you don't look like a great coach right now because this team don't look like they're really good at anything. Like, what are what are the Panthers good at? That, that's the <laughs> Dude, problem not is, much, man. 
is you know when you have when you're the leader of this team and this is something that i've been beating the drum for a couple of weeks on right if if your identity like we we do not know what the identity of this team is number one we don't know whether we want to be a pass happy game or a team or a run happy team and under joe brady you would think that we'd want to be a pass happy team but matt rule wants to be a run happy you know team so there was already a conflict of of ideals with the the person that you hired to be your offensive coordinator and what type of coach you want this or what type of team you want to have. So right then and there, I've already got a loss of of confidence in his ability to pick a, a team that's going to have a unified vision, right? Because I don't I don't see that. Um, and so right now, I think I I really don't know who that who he is. I I can't sit here and tell you what part of him is good and and. I think that he is a great college coach, but college, he can coach maybe, people. Maybe. Who don't, I don't even can, know if he's great at college. He can coach. He, well, I mean, here's the thing is he's got, he's, he's turned around two programs that were on the brink of, you know, just utter destruction. Right. So, I mean, yeah. there is, there is value in that. There isn't consistency because he's, he's moved on somewhere else after the third year, every time. So we don't know whether he's capable of being a great coach. In my opinion, he is doing what we wanted Ron Rivera to do, which was build a culture and and then, you know, obviously hopefully be a good coach. And, and Matt, you know, Ron Rivera was. Um, Matt Rule is basically that guy who's supposed to come in here and change the culture, turn around an organization. But I don't see him being a consistent, you know, coach. I don't see anything from him that tells me that he's a better coach than anybody, any other NFL coach out there. And And there's some bad NFL coaches right now. I don't see Matt Rule winning against anybody as far as just being a better coach than them. I don't see it. All right, uh, man, we're already looking. I see in the chat. I see Deshaun Watson in the chat. No, dude, get at, get at, get that out of your mind. That's not going to happen. Even if it were even in the cards, he is going to Miami or he's going somewhere else. He is not going to want to come to the Carolina Panthers especially after what the debacle that we have this year, like he is not going to want to come and play for a brand new coach, a brand new offensive coordinator, a brand new organization entirely. And then we're going to have to trade away all the possible offensive players to even get him. Like, come on. And we're going to have, like, we're not going to have the capability of getting an offensive line and free agent in the free agency. Just not going to happen. Next call. Hey guys, Joey again. Uh, just wanted to say this. Y'all were talking about DJ Moore and um, trade who we trade. I dude, I would trade Christian McCaffrey to the Bills. And I know everyone thinks that, that's oh, not a bad idea, Bills, actually. Then do them. Those basically the Panthers' original satellite organization. Like, <laughs> I always Good tell call, people <laughs> that are transplants to Charlotte when they ask me about the Panthers. They, you know, us being. You know, we have several satellite organizations for being such a young team. I mean, look, <laughs> we've got the Bills, which a bunch of old Panthers go there. We've got the, the we've got the Giants, a bunch of old Panthers. Yeah, there. wow. A lot of people forget about that one, but damn, Dave Gettleman loves to bring over old Panthers players. Like, like See, he says Black the other one. Quite a few of them. I can't remember who. Washington football team. Come on now. And the Giants literally are in he's the going, he's getting situation to it. every freaking year. Like, they're not even sure about Joe Judge. That's how similar they are. And then now you got Washington. There it Ron is. Rivera and all of them. 
But aside from that, is I honestly think CMC would be good for the Bills because the Bills need a running game. Okay, they don't have a running game. They cannot. They don't run the. I mean, they might run the ball okay, but it's not going to get them very far because if you stop, like the page, like they lost that Patriots game because they couldn't run. They didn't run as well as the Patriots did because they rely on Josh Allen. If you get them CMP, they'd be great because they're a win-now team. They'd probably give you a lot more than a dumpster fire team would. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. I love it, man. That's my favorite call tonight so far. Great, great call, Joey. It's, you, know, you hit on um, a good destination for Christian McCaffrey. The links. Um, I mean, look, is you've got Brandon Bean there who was probably, I don't know if he was still around when we, he might've been around when we drafted Christian McCaffrey. Maybe not actually. He might've, that might've been the year he left, but uh, you hit that a good destination for Christian McCaffrey. Finally one that I feel like, all right, I'll listen to that. And then on top of that, um, you, you had the satellite discussion. Very good call. All right, uh, 252-228-5098. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> new to the channel, and I already like watching you guys. You guys seem to know a lot. But, uh, man, thanks a lot, dude. I just feel thanks like you, man. has not done enough to prove himself to be an NFL head coach. I get people want to keep him. You know, the defense, he's a, rebu- he's a rebuilding coach. That's what we hired him for. He uh, he rebuilt the defense. He hired he, uh, signed some people that he was familiar with at Baylor. And there's some people that make the argument we should give another year to fix offense, but I think he's done enough to uh, prove that he cannot, you know, sustain an offense and call the right plays, make the right roster adjustments and everything. So that's just my input. I think we look for a new OC to hire maybe um, as a new head coach. And uh, we look to build this O-line first before a quarterback. And I think if you're a real Panthers fan, you understand that this offensive line is the focus of the offseason, not the quarterback position. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, man. Good, awesome. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining the club, man. The C3 crew. Uh, we have family. We have community here. We hang out here uh, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. This is nine years we've been doing this. Haven't missed a week. I mean, every now and then and the random crazy something happens, we have to push it to a Monday or a Wednesday or, you know, change the night. But now we're bringing content after the game. That's been for the last three or four seasons. We've got a kick-ass post-game show that people that is really big a lot of calls a lot of contributors wednesday night we do the beat check where we look around uh you know kind of what's good what the writers are saying uh both for the carolina panthers and uh for the opposing team and cody and i go toe-to-toe each week with debate my take um and on friday is really cool the friday free-for-all the fan free-for-all where it's open mic night ultimately uh, yeah. ooh, you got to start using that open mic night um, on the I mean, Friday. That's essentially what it is, man. Yeah. Um, so, man, uh, wh- right away, you're fitting into the community right off the bat first uh, because you know your yep. Panthers stuff. Uh, you made some good points there with the uh, rebuilt the defense. You know, is we thought he was a builder after yeah. last year. You know, it really looked like, and it just, re- man, the Darnold trade. Is, is turned out the fifth year option 
the amount. You know, you probably gave too much for it. Why, why did you have to give so much for Darnold? Like, why wouldn't you? How could we not get away with that trade with just a third? You know, that's kind of it was too much at too many assets. Because um, we were already desperate. We showed our cards. Like, you got yeah. to think about what we did. We tried to go after Matt Stafford, and that was league news. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then we were trying to go after Deshaun Watts, and that was league news. We were, you know, it was it was absolutely clear. And at that point in time, once that all got out, there's no shot you can keep Teddy Bridgewater on the roster. So they knew we were desperate. We got fleeced. You're right. You're right. And you know what? We should have waited till draft night to try to make that trade. You know, right at the like, so then right. they are like they're picking, they're gonna pick a quarterback, and then they get stuck. Uh, I really want to know what Panthers FSU was talking about, like what he needs, what we have to timestamp and remember. Hmm. I don't um, think he meant to send that to us. Okay. Okay. Well, he's what saying it this is like, it's got it, but he's saying this is don't like, there's something in this stream that he wants to call the receipt on later. So I'll be interested to hear what that is. 252-228-5098. All right. Hey guys, it's Jedi Joy. It's been a minute since I called in. Yeah, what's good, bro? I do miss Jedi, you guys. What's up, bro? Um, it's just been a hard season, and I, I've sat through the one in fifteen season. So saying that this one is bad is saying something. It is. Um, it feels I've like been one in fifteen. You know, kind of fire Matt Rule train for a little bit, but the only thing that I'm worried about is, you know, who we're gonna bring in. Um, I think somebody brought up that maybe Pittsburgh will be stupid enough to fire Mike Tomlin, and if I don't think grab so. him and put him in this building, that would be no shot. The greatest move Tepper could ever make. Yeah, it but would. It's all depends on if you know Pittsburgh is willing to fire him. Um, I really don't want to give Matt Rule another quarterback. Um, so I mean, if we are going to move on with Matt Rule, year three, then I say that we definitely get a, a tackle with the draft pick. You know, we don't have a lot of draft picks this year, so uh, use the first one to get a tackle, bring Cam Newton back, and hopefully, you know, make enough moves to make this team somewhat watchable next year. I still don't think we're going to be anywhere, you know, near playoffs next year. Uh, it's just that pessimistic about the future, but uh, keep up the show, guys. Have a good one. Keep up. Thanks for the call, Cody. You're muted, just to let you know. Um, or I think you are. You weren't. Yeah, you said some words. Okay. The, uh, the thing that – now, the interesting part about this Tomlin thing is that there is a story that I read a while back about a contingent of minority owners a few years ago that wanted to fire Tomlin. And this was when Tepper was part of a part owner of the Pittsburgh organization. Now his name was not linked to that, but you just wonder, is he one of those people? So then you got to think, man, is David Tepper dumb enough to be one of the dudes that wanted to fire Mike Tomlin? Um, I was on the free for all. And some of the people on the free for all were telling me that he for sure was. Like it was confirmed that he was a part of the group that wanted Mike Tomlin out. I again, I've never like seen that outright confirmed. I know it's been rumored. At but, this point, it wouldn't surprise me though. 
if he was like one of those dummies. Um, so then you have that part of who, but here's the thing with, um, I, I, I have a hard time believing that we should continue with Matt rule because I think he's fucked it up this year so much with the personnel mm-hmm. and with the draft picks right. that what I feel like is this, imagine what are you going to do? You're going to now give him another opportunity to go get another quarterback to make another decision about quarterback and then potentially fail again and then fire him and then you reboot again. It seems like the reboot, he just didn't build the man. We didn't build this thing right. And this is something that the that we've been on top of for a long time. And this is not when I say, well, I told you so, I told you so. I hate when podcasts are all like, we said this, I told you we were right. I'm just trying to say we've consistently been on this is that we didn't approach this rebuild correctly with a lot of continuity. And it started with bringing in a coach and a GM at separate times. Yeah. Right. Is that like, they should have been coming in together. Number one, we've, we've documented that. And then the quarterback carousel has just been bizarre. Right. And it hasn't been done in a, and, and going back to picking Will Greer in the draft and not really believing, you know, that it just wasn't you weren't thinking about life after cam in the proper way either uh and then you fumbled it and bumbled it since then and right now with uh firing joe brady i just don't know what it seems like this year has gone so awry that it's like what are we going to just trot it out next year to find out what we learned this year you know so um it's it's just hard. It's hard to think because then what are you going to allow him to draft a quarterback and then get, and then ultimately fire him and then well, bring a new coach with a nothing like what what is what and then imagine here what if you didn't draft a quarterback? What if you didn't get one in free agency? What if you stuck with Cam and Sam Darnold and the odds are you ain't going to be any good with them either? So then next year is going to be a year like this one. And that's going to get your ass fired anyway. But like my thing is this, man. And again, people are going to just say I'm a Cam Newton stan. And I think Cam Newton can do no wrong. And I am. But fuck off, dude. I think that Cam Newton should for once be able to have an offseason. Should be able to have OTAs. Should be able to have training camp. Should be able to have a preseason should be able to have all of the offseason that a normal starting franchise quarterback is afforded. I know everyone wants to assume that Cam Newton is already the root of our problems and he turns the ball over and yada, yada, yada. Fine, whatever, dude. I'm not trying to say that Cam Newton is our five-year plan. But what I am saying is that if I had to choose between Cam Newton for another year or Sam Darnold for another year, I have no connection to Sam Darnold, and when I did see him, he was looking terrible. At least at one point in Cam Newton's career, I have seen him overcome bad offensive lines. So, you know, I look at that, and I'm like, going forward, I want Cam to continue to show signs of life for us to give uh, an opportunity to, to pay him. And I agree with you. Matt Rule does not deserve to draft another quarterback. If we wanted to do it, we should have done it last year when either Justin Fields or Matt Jones fell to us. 
I mean, what, what kind of quarterback do you want? You want the mobile one with the big arm? Fine, draft Justin Fields. You want the one that has the photographic memory that plays within the confines of the offense? Boom, draft Matt Jones. Well, they chose not to do that in a strong quarterback draft. Then they trade, or no, they traded for Sam Darnold. That's been an absolute bust. Now it would 100% be within their wheelhouse to now, because they passed on it last year, now they're going to draft a quarterback because they have no other options. I mean, that might very well be in the cards. And the reason I think that it might be in the cards is because it's so counterintuitive. Everyone is shouting at the top of their lungs, build the offensive line, build the trenches. But the the Carolina Panthers never do what they should do. So why would we expect them to do that now? Right. Like I'm, I'm my biggest thing right now is I, like we've talked about, I just don't see what the plan was. Like we hope that these guys come to the team with a, with a master idea of like how they're going to like, like you, you think that what that interview looked like with David Tepper was here's my three-step plan. You're like, I sit here and go back to an office episode when they were trying to find the new manager here. I have a, I have a 10 step plan to get, you know, what, well, what's the 10 step plan? Well, I'm not going to tell you until you hire me. Well, then if I tell you, why are you going to hire me? It's like, that's what I get. Like, that's what I got to feel like. Like Tepper said, um, all right, what is your plan for the Carolina Panthers? If we were to hire you? Well, I have, I have a plan and it's going to work. Okay. What, what, what is it? I'm not going to tell you until I'm actually hired. Okay. Well, you're hired. Yeah. What, what, what's your plan? I didn't have a plan, dude. I was just fucking with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was with you. Like, I just, I, I don't know what it was. Like, I sit here and I, I don't see a fingerprint of like a master idea of like, like you, you could see what, what, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's doing over in, in, in at the Cardinals. You can see, um, even if you, even if you look at what, uh, the Detroit Lions are doing. You can see them actually creating um, a, 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 a culture of a, a team. I don't see that here. I don't see anything other than shambles, and I just don't know what that plan looks like. Yeah, We're on and- the non-plan plan, dude. Uh, and really, that's been the problem with the draft. The, this is where the builder philosophy of Matt Rule has just struck me as weird. As everybody says, oh, it's year three. Well, look, as we're no closer in to any to year three it's not going to be year three fools not fools that's mean i ain't saying you're a fool but like uh we don't have a, where is the plan there's been no plan on offensive line there's been the, there's been two it looked like we had a plan with overhauling the defense and then we completely strayed from our philosophy by drafting terrace marshall jr by passing on rashawn slater you know, you don't even have to go after the quarterback is uh, in that in that case is that we didn't draft any offensive linemen until the third round. And we knew that our offensive line was a problem. They didn't have a plan at quarterback. The quarterback plan has been to throw shit at the wall until something doesn't stick. You know, there is no plan. We're on the non-plan plan. Um, and that's been the yeah. scary part of this. That's why I don't have. Uh, that's why I'm not happy with the rule era. Not because of our 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 production this year. Um, I mean, if we got if you know what, if Sam Darnold would have gone down to injury and our season went down, and like we were like, oh man, you know, like that's one. There's a reason we sucked in 2018. You know, because Cam went down, and you didn't. You know, what I mean, like, or you understand when you lose your players, and that's the root of it. But this has not been injury that has ruined this season. 
I'm sorry. It's just not been. Is that, and I don't want to hear Christian McCaffrey's injury has derailed it. Is that like you are not going to let one player, unless it's your quarterback, derail? You know, like, I mean, that's just not, is, is, that's not enough. Um, well, JC Horn potentially. I mean, yeah, but we didn't got Gilmore. So it's not like we didn't have, you know, I mean, we went and got some things to fix the JC Horn problem. Right. We, so, we I mean, made up like, for that. Yeah. I, but, I hear you. I mean, even, but I, I do think that Christian does matter, though, considering sure. how much our offense is built around him. Well, you right. know, we didn't win games when we had him. We've actually, most of the games we've won have been without him. I mean, maybe in the first this year, but last year, the games we won weren't with him. Yeah, true. You know, so true. it's just. And uh, I, I wanted to highlight this comment, uh, or in, in the chat room, he says, Why do people keep talking about Justin Fields? He's been god awful. Uh, he would have been god awful here. One, all the rookie quarterbacks have looked like that rookie quarterbacks. Uh, and number two, he plays for a bad team. And number three, I don't know if you saw. I don't. I don't know if you saw him the other night uh, when the Packers played the Bears. But that dude was throwing some dimes and moving the pocket. Um, yeah, I, I would have loved to have had Justin Fields on this team, even if it was bad this year. It would have given us an opportunity to have a piece to move forward with. You could have uh, sat you know, behind Arnold. Yeah, you know, I no, mean, no, even no, no, no. Like, Darnold would have ruined him. But yeah, know, because he would, he would have had to. Him, he would have, he would have come in. Yeah, that would have been the problem. That would have been the only thing. But you could have at least, like, it was uh, when he fell there. Well, and even if we don't want to talk about Justin Fields, let's continue to talk about this. Is like we passed on Rashawn Slater, and last year we passed on Tristan Riffs and and Mackay Becton. You know, it's like it's just at some point you want to know why the offensive line sucks because we don't put any any anything into it. We try to, you know, pay, we get Greg Little. You know, if you think about it, our best offensive lineman was not even our first choice, uh, and that was Taylor Moten. You remember the Bills jumped ahead of us and got uh, that uh, and, or something Andre or Andre something or um, Deion Dawkins. Nah, it was another, it was a left, it was a right tackle. Yeah. But do and we know that right. that was the one that we wanted? Yeah, I mean, because Brandon Bean had just left us. And that's why they knew we were targeting him. That's why they jumped ahead of us. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, and we had Deion to check. Dawkins. It was? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Good. Yeah, Deion, Deion Dawkins. Has yeah. he turned out to be good? Uh, I think so. I know uh, Cody Ford, who the Bills drafted, has been good, and that's someone who I wanted us to take in uh, in the first round that year. Um, I really liked him coming out of Oklahoma, but yeah, I mean, straight up for Greg Little. I mean, come on. Yeah, man, and that was a Marty Herney pick, man. That that was that Marty Herney move up for Greg Little, and again, uh, I've I've said this before. I'll say it again. Part of where the Carolina Panthers are, in my mind, leagues behind the other teams um, in our division in the NFC, is because the Carolina Panthers do not evaluate talent very well. I mean, they 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 just don't, and even when they do, they're not able to evaluate it correctly for their own team. Yeah, we've had. I mean, go back and look at that uh, the Brian Burns draft. He's like the only player on the team. 
you know. Um, yeah. So that's misses. All right, next call. What up, boys? It's Maddie Matt again. What's up, uh, man? Sorry if it's uh, noise in the background. It's raining in Chicago right now. But man, do I got to get a lot off my chest. First of all, we're going to go about the whole accountability thing and how Matt Rule and Cam Newton were preaching it. I'm not going to blame this on Cam Newton entirely. But Matt Rule was very intimate about, you know, upholding accountability and, you know, you know, making sure that everybody – hell, even Robbie Anderson said it in an, in an interview, you know, he's, you know, screwing up. He wants to pull him out on it. And it, it just seems like everybody's giving up at this point. And that, that's for a lot of different reasons. But if this isn't a red flag that Matt Lee is going to uh, try to coach uh, like a like, like it's a college team at the professional level, let's go back to when he said in the interview that he doesn't care, he doesn't want his quarterback to be a leader. And that, that should have been a red flag, and I don't know why people are still defending him unless they're trying to base it off that, oh, that third year is when they're going to blow up and we're we going into next year. We're going to lose a lot of our pieces. We're missing traffic, traffic that we spent on a gamble for Sam Dog. Like it was some kind of experiment because he was approaching this as a college team. And you cannot do that with a million billion dollar franchise. I also want to, I, I know I said it's been sad as soon as the show started. About uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Dennis Daly uh, having uh, that mindset of I'm not going to help my teammates when in need. If that's the kind of mindset you're going to have, you are treating this like it's a me sport. Like you don't care what happens to the people around you as long as you get to keep your job. Well, let me tell you, Dennis Daly, you ain't going to keep your job because you've been a bum all season playing this half ass bullshit. And costing us big time fucking plays. Even a quarterback. So I don't even care who has started behind that line. I don't care if it's Sam Donald. I don't care if it's fucking TJ. I don't, I don't even want both of these like this. You have been nothing but been in an entire disappointment. You first, someone said there was only one good uh, lineman. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, shit, man, that ain't right. That ain't right, right? This whole team building exercise bullshit has been nothing but a limp. Matt Rule knows he knew for the last two years that one of our biggest needs was offensive line and quarterback. I'll give him that. But he, God, God, there's so much to say. Uh, <laughs> I hear you, brother. <laughs> I mean, it does. I mean, it's, it's that's the thing is, uh, and I said, and I know every draft night, this was the first draft night. I probably wasn't just slam drunk by the time the Panthers pick, because usually we're picking 17 or later. It feels, or we were for a long time, man, those nights, those nights when we, that night when we drafted, uh, them Shaq Thompson, I think I might have fell asleep by the time we picked at least once there was one time I get a little drinky drink on the damn draft night too much. But this one, I was upset, and I know that, look, Cody immediately stepped in and said, look, J.C. Horn's a dog, yo. It's like, this is, like, it's, it's a good, he's going to be a good, good football player. But at the end of the day, all I wanted to hear was offensive line or court. You know, like, I just wanted to hear those words. 
And I didn't even care if they were going to be good or not at that point. I just wanted to hear it. Or and quarterback too. So um we just haven't addressed it. So next call. I think he uh we got a little bit more from Look at how many penalties that line has racked up. It is undisciplined bullshit. And it's still going. And like the whole the whole fucking line can go at this point. I mean, I might as well keep moving. But like you don't you don't develop your fucking rookies. I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do with Brady Christie's man, but they don't claim him like the graphic that he was supposed to be. It's like the, it's like they're either unsure about him and Brown. Or he just doesn't have a fucking clue, or he's just trying to play this little game of, hey, I'm going to stick them where I go and see what they do best. How are you going to get optimized in the position that you're playing if you keep tossing around these fucking people, bro? Like, I, I don't understand. It's not a hard fucking concept. And, like, you're either... Matt Will is either this fucking dumb, or... He's good. He's that fucking dumb. There's, there's no, he is fucking dumb. He's, he's fucking dumb. He's stupid. I fucking hate Matt Rule. Maybe hate the strong word. I suddenly, I hate what he's done to this fucking team. <laughs> going back to the accountability thing, he has zero accountability on the himself. Yes. Uh, Brady under the bus. Now, yes, I'm not a Brady defender, but he threw that man under the bus. Same with Vince. I'm not going to say that that pick was Kansas. Oh, that was a good defensive read. That was an amazing play. And when they were asked about it, pretty much Cam took, took the blame for it. And that that kills that your quarterback confidence when you're constantly venting them. You don't fucking vent the quarterback just for one hit. You know, you tell them, all right, kid, hey, that was a good play. Let's just do this a little bit better. You build that confidence up so they can go out there and fall out and have a career. Mind you, yes, it's Cam Newton. He's had, what, 12 years in the NFL? But even still, everybody gets that moment where they're brought down to their fucking knees. And Matt Rule does not give a shit about anybody's feelings. He's only there to save his own ass. Matt Rule needs to go. He is not going to put this team anywhere. And he's killed the confidence of this entire roster. Not just the offense. The defense is suffering it. The fucking special team plays there in Miami. They're fucking seeing it. So I'm not even sure. I'm pretty sure Phil Snow is scared shitless right now. Because he's probably, he's probably thinking to himself, I'm probably going to be next. He used, to, he used to say that he won't get canned because of Matt Rule. Oh, he won't All fire right, guys, the old out. ball coach. Uh, Keep pounding. Call. Yeah, good Fantastic call, call man. I, I think uh, his call and a few of our other calls tonight, dude, that's where we're at at Panther fans. or That's where we're at as Panther fans. You can't do this to us year after year after year. Get our hopes up believing in something. Not only for it to fall out, but then for us to look forward at the damage that you have left in your wake. And for us to not even see a clear road going forward, it's absolutely bullshit, man. And that's why I've always said that, yeah, look, Matt Rule, Matty Matt, he is all the things that you said he is, brother. And we all know it now. We know that Matt Rule is a fraud. Okay, and what's sad about it is, and I think we're probably all in agreement on this, is that he's probably going to get the benefit of the doubt for a third year. We might see him fired, but I could also easily see David Tepper kicking the tires on it for a third year and trying to let him I don't think finish so. finish the, the, the vision that he started on. But overall, 
David Tepper has had the biggest hand to play in all of this. And I do you know it, it's not a, 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 a coincidence what I put in my earlier slides. I mean, even back to right here, Carolina has the worst win percentage of any team in the month of December since David Tepper became the owner in 2018. And Tony, even earlier tonight, you mentioned how we did everything backward. We went and got our head coach and then our GM. We have documented this numerous times that all the things that you have to do to build a winning franchise like David Tepper claims he wants to, he has taken all the wrong steps in order to do so. And we're left to just continue to talk about it and continue to feel bad about it. I, I don't know, Tony Dunn. It looks pretty bleak going forward here, man, if I'm if I'm being honest. And I think Panther fans, including the people in our calls, uh, they're starting to pick up on, on what kind of harsh reality that we're living in. When you said that we're left de- just dealing with it, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, get our hopes up and destroy it. I, all I could have is a picture in my head of, like, when the superhero saves the city or or defeats the bad guy, but then destroys the fucking city in the process. <laughs> and you're like, hey, asshole, man. Y'all just tore up the whole city fighting this fight. Good God. We're yeah. just left in the shambles of Charlotte. Um, all right. I think this is the final call tonight. So uh, it's me, the guy that said I was new. Um, nice. He's back. So- Love it. I obviously been watching. I'm young. I'm a young guy, so high school. But uh, I've been watching the Panthers since you know. I think it was a couple seasons before they went to the Super Bowl, and uh, you know, so I, I know a little bit about their history and how their offensive lines is playing. But I don't know if you, how you guys do the draft, the NFL draft, and how you do like mock drafts or evaluations of players or whatever. But uh, I've been looking at a lot like recently, especially this year, and I didn't know who you guys. I thought that um, the Panthers should take the trade down or whatever you guys thought. Um, my name oh, is Cody, we- by the way, so that's kind of oh, cool. Oh, another Cody. Oh, God. Well. Good but, uh, name. Strong yeah. name. I want to see – we got to take offensive line. And I think Evan Neal from Alabama is by far – We'll have to the bring him in, and then we'll be the real C3. He's by far – Yeah. Right. Class. Um, other people say he can be quantified from NC State is better. Or maybe you know a little bit worse, but I think if we're gonna have a true franchise left tackle, I think we got to get Evan Neal. I think quarterback in the draft is completely off the table. Like if we're trying to be smart with this draft, I, I think we give Cam another year. I think we get a left tackle, maybe sign a decent guard and a free agency. Yeah, I think I think Brady Christensen can be a good guard. I mean, I know you guys want to get a tackle, but I, I really think he can be a good guard too. You see Deontay Bryant, the other guard. I think Pat Elfline can be center as well. And then you rock with Timo, obviously, at right tackle. And I'd say we rock with that and keep Cam, see how he plays. And then next year with this quarterback class coming up, we take quarterback. Uh, I'm just – I don't know. I really thought this should be a lot different, obviously, starting out 3-0. Um, McCaffrey, really, it hurts to have him. Um, not hurts to have him. It just hurts to have him injured all the time with a – $16 million year contract as running back. But uh, I understand why we did the contract. It was because Panther, they were desperate to, you know, they had to have something to spark the franchise up. And I honestly think that's why we signed Cam too, because we weren't selling tickets having Sam Darnold a quarterback. Yeah. I think that's going to be one of our biggest problems. 
you know, going into the next year. But I feel like I don't know. Who do you guys think we should draft? I feel like the Cody's are from like the same DNA. Uh, first of all, uh, welcome to the community. Um, and not only is Cody Lashney named Cody, but CK, we have to call him CK because his name is Cody as well. <laughs> and your name is Cody. And guess what? The Cody Lashney has been saying all along is that signing Christian McCaffrey was, and as well as CK has said this too, is that this is a way like you had after parting ways with Cam and everything yeah, in shambles. The franchise. Yeah, yeah, it was a face of the yeah, franchise. We had no choice. Um, we really had, to. and really, like everything you have, you just said in your call, have been uh, topics of note on this podcast. Um, whether it goes from um, how we're dealing with some of these players, uh, and you know what, Brady Christensen very well could be a good guard too. Like I don't care if I just like we need some offensive linemen that are good. I don't yeah. give a fuck what position they play at. We would like to see him be good no matter what position. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, lands um, at. Interestingly, the F line thing is that one of the one of the kind of and this is I know hindsight's twenty twenty when you look at the draft, um, but we knew and we know just like you, Cody, the caller, Cody knew that this offensive line has been an issue for a long time. Right. And you knew that the center position was coming up, you know, that that was going to be an issue going forward after this year. And there are like three names that you passed on in this past draft that were, that could have been, um, that have been playing very well in the NFL. Rashawn Slater, we've mentioned ad nauseum on this podcast. Creed Humphreys, I believe, is the guy that's playing for um, Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Actually, Kansas City got two guys that have been real good in, in the draft that were, were available. You know, Trey and, Smith and Creed Humphrey. Yeah. Yeah. And we just didn't. And look at, and I don't know what the Terrence Marshall Jr. pick was about. So, but uh, we need we need to chill with Terrence before we just start writing him off as this terrible no, pick. It, no, it's not about bus, like necessary investment at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, yes. Listen, the 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 draft these past two years is not how I would have done them. And one, Cody, welcome to the C three Panthers podcast. We appreciate having you. You have a fantastic name. And uh, my other brother, Cody, right here, CK, did you have this sensation that I did where when I was growing up, I felt like I had an original name that nobody was named Cody, and I loved it. No, Now, I feel like every other person I meet is named Cody, and it's like... I I knew so many Cody's, and my middle name is Allen, so I knew so many Cody Allen's even. Like, the people that had the same middle name as me is unbelievable. I actually hated my name because I always thought, like, I've never met an adult named Cody. Like, hello, Cody. <laughs> like, I'm going to sound like I'm a teenager for the rest of my life. Like, I used yes. to think that, too, dude. I was like, what? That doesn't even sound like a grown man name. Uh, no, uh, dude, that's funny. That's funny. But uh, to Cody, welcome to the C3 podcast, man. And, and I a am... A lot of draft stuff coming from the oh, Cody. Oh, boy. And I am your Cody for the draft, man. Keep it tuned right here to this channel. Um, every year I put out uh, videos 
dedicated to different players that I'm going to be previewing. And normally I wait until after the season is over to start to evaluate draft picks. But this year I am going to be starting much sooner. Uh, I've already started to look at the top of the draft, some of the big name players. But every single year I put a lot of work and effort uh, onto my top 100 players of the draft. I always put that out on my Twitter account. But, guys, to everyone in here listening, I know I say it at the end of the show every day, and it's like a throwaway note at this point, but I really do put in a lot of work over at drafttech.com where I, you know, I do draft stuff, I mean, essentially all year for drafttech.com, writing for the Carolina Panthers. And there's a brand-new mock draft coming out tomorrow with a player who I very much think the Carolina Panthers should be in contention of taking with their top 10 pick. His name is Charles Cross. He's an offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Uh, Looks like an incredible football player. But yeah, um, this year I'm going to do full deep dives and break down on players and get you familiar with some of the names that the Panthers are going to be dealing with uh, in this year's draft, especially considering we only have that one pick. We have that pick in the top 10, and then we don't have another pick in the top 100. So uh, unless Federer is able to trade back and potentially acquire some new picks in the second and third round, which it's not outside the realm of possibility, especially considering what we saw Federer do last year. Uh, But, yeah, we're going to do a ton of content on these draft prospects and – yeah, hit the notification bell, man. We're definitely going to be putting out a bunch of really, really cool draft content. All right. Uh, that's the um, final call of the show. Um, I did want to go back and let's see uh, things to be thinking about for future shows uh, and topics to talk about. Tomorrow's Debate My Take. I got uh, go back and watch Debate My Take from last week. A lot of great comments, man. I tell you this is that we don't get the most views just yet for debate my take but it is catching on because the comments people are real committed to it and the viewing time of that so what we do is we list about we go through about five topics that cody and i show down over now we try to take opposite sides when we can sometimes we have to plead the same case because it's hard to plead a case you don't believe in entirely but um some of the things that were of going ahead is how like last week, I think, or the week before we did, how do you get back some of this lost capital, this draft capital, right? I mean, how do you get back some of this? Um, So we can debate some of these topics of who to take, like which left tackle to take. That's going to be some things in the future. But I think for debate, my take going forward is how do you fix the Panthers and uh, looking at that, uh, now we got that salary cap number to play with a little bit. Could make for some cool conversation. Um, yeah. Let me see. Do we have anything else to talk? We've got, uh, oh, for Cody, our new listener, uh, the longest running segment on, oh, oh actually, no, I want to mention this, is every year we do a live draft party where we, um, and, you're welcome to be a part of it. Like we open the door for fans and uh, other uh, commentators for other team. What we do is we watch the first round of the draft live uh, reacting to it. We bring in um, writers for other teams, podcasters for other teams to talk about their picks, react to them as they're coming around. 
Um, Nova Black announced our pick one time from Panther Stadium, which was dope uh, that year. And I forget who we got that year. Brian Burns. Uh, Brian Burns. Okay. And uh, so it's a fun time. So we do a lot of stuff about the draft coming up uh, going forward. But our longest running uh, segment on the C3 Panthers podcast is the Ice Up segment. This is where we uh, pay our homage to Steve Smith and we pick anybody in the everybody is fair game. Um, any topic, any person, any concept is fair to be iced up. I've even iced up a 12 year old kid in Oklahoma before. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, and a lot of times I ice up my, myself. So I think right now it's time to ice some fools up. So, do you have one that uh, did you want to go with? Or? Yeah, I'm gonna go with this. Yeah, all right, I'm go gonna ahead. go with the very first uh, college oh coach yes. to get fired this year. Who's gonna be fired? Is old Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, um, it turns out, is just not cool. So cringe. Yeah, he is um, like a dude. You know, I like. Uh, I know you don't like hearing me say this. You say it's revisionist history, Cody. But I say this is like George Bush is not a bad dude. Oh, yes, he is. Uh, uh-uh. Barack Obama not a bad dude. I'd like to hang out and have a beer with. Like I would hang out with these guys for an afternoon, and I think they would be cool enough to hang with me and have some decent conversation, right? Uh, Talk about all the bombs they've dropped. Okay, all right. Um, they. You know who's not cool, dude? Probably Donald Trump. Like, I think, and I always think there's some irony there that the people that love him the most, like, he would never fucking hang out with. Be anyway. caught dead with, yeah. Yeah, is that, and I'm not, I don't care about Donald Trump. Is that, but this is like, this is Urban Meyer is like one of these not cool dudes. Not cool dudes. Like, he is, um, he's had now, he had some sort of brain issue or something, whatever, but he suffered from depression. He kind of used some of these things. I feel like it sometimes to run away from some issues, but I don't know him well enough, but he's got like the whole Remember, He had the coach on the staff that was beating his wife and he covered up for it. Um, he has been kind of and it. And this Jacksonville shit has gone South and we knew it wasn't going to work. Well, he got the best quarterback in the draft and made him look like a bum. He got Trevor Lawrence has thrown more interceptions. He's been the worst rookie quarterback this year. Can you believe that? That's some fucking shit right there. Um, he had the video where he was dan- where the girl was dancing up on him. And he was, but see, here wasn't it, who gives a shit about what the dance was and this and that. It's the reaction to it, it's the slithering snaky response to where he didn't even admit to the team like it was just like he like kind of tried to be like oh you know he went around the room supposedly in the locker room and said like in a team meeting and said what have y'all won tell me what your resume is and why you should be on this team talk about a guy that's trying to inspire confidence camaraderie and then this picture pops up from when he was an analyst before he, when he took those years off from coaching. And he said, every time his teams have been bad or he had a bad team or a team, this is, he thought these are three components that can make for a bad football team, trust issues, 
dysfunctional environments and selfishness. And bro, your team is this. You were just writing, you were just prophesizing what the Jacksonville Jaguars have become. You think that we are upset with Matt Fool or Rat Mule? Urban Meyer is a complete and utter embarrassment to coaching at the NFL level. Do you he wanna... will be the first to be fired. There is no way you can move forward with him. There is nothing. He even lied about this. Was the James Robinson? Isn't that their running back, James Robinson? Yeah. They said this is that. Remember, he fumbled the ball and they benched him. And then in the press conference, he said it was the um, the 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 offensive coordinator or the the running backs coach that decided it and that he didn't do it and come to find out it was him. He lied about it. He's and then, uh, then they, uh, they, they have a, a guy on that team. I think his name is Andre Cisco. They drafted him. They asked about uh, how his development has been in uh, Urban Meyer said, Oh good. We got him into the game some today and he looked good. He didn't play a single snap. Like at all, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, we got him into the game, and he played good." Did like, you no, hear? He didn't stupid. Did you hear what like the reports are about how his meeting with the assistant coaches went? Where he yeah, called he them like, all losers. Yeah, he said, "I'm a winner. You guys are losers." Like I'm like, what? <laughs> like he's, he's making these guys defend their resume. I'm like, dude is an absolute just shit show, and he is absolutely. You're absolutely right. Is. He's a narcissist. Who would, rather, who would you rather have, Matt Rule or Urban Meyer? Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Matt Rule by far. <laughs> you know what? We would have the number one draft pick if we had Urban Meyer. Uh, we would have. Yeah. He would. Urban Meyer would would have. He's gonna quit. Or yeah, I don't know. Sure. Actually, you know what? He's such I mean, a dickhead. He said that he's not gonna quit. Like he's gonna like Shad Shad, Shad Khan or whatever that his name is. He's yeah. gonna fire him, and Urban Meyer is gonna be like, "No, I believe I'm not leaving. I believe yeah. in this team." Uh yeah, even Marvin Williams, uh, not Marvin Williams, Marvin Jones, who is like the most like he brings his kids out to the field. He's been like celebrated and loved at every fucking team he played on. He goes and uh and he stormed out like he left. He was like, fuck this. This dude is a joke. And like, so your best veteran, your best player who's been in the league for like 10 years or more is like, this guy is a fucking clown. It reminds me of the Petrino shit. Mm-hmm. And, and like uh, Warwick Dunn, who's like one of the most, I heard them talking about this on Pat McAfee, is Warwick Dunn is like one of these celebrated players for being like the most stand-up. Like he's got like a community awards. His mom was a cop that was killed in the line of duty. And he's got all this, like he does, he's like the perfect role model fucking got into like said this Petrino dude's a fucking fraud you know so this is that's what the Marvin Jones moment is it's a Warwick Dunn moment so ice up Urban Meyer you suck with your head hanging in shame wearing your emotions on your sleeve guy he's such a bum (laughs) it actually shows you one other thing is this is I don't think these guys are really fucking good at their jobs man is that you know what when you get the best recruits every year that was the argument for Matt Rule right is that he didn't get the best recruits and he did well. But when you got all these best recruits and you don't do well, you're fucking, you know, you ain't that good. You just go and get all the best players and you just trot them out there and your third string guy is better than the people you're playing. Man, what kind of great coaching is that? 
All right, that's it. That's a long enough. I said. Uh, CK, you have one you want to do? Mine's uh, pretty basic. You can go if you'd like. Uh, you, you go ahead and go first. I've kind of got an outlandish one. All right, so um, I'm gonna ice myself up. Uh, so I don't know. Do you guys do the grocery pickup? My wife does. Yeah. So you know, my wife has me go and pick it up tonight, right before the show, and so I pull up. And I'm what I do when I look when I go driving somewhere, I listen to comedy on Spotify. So like today's yeah. comedy. Um, and it's you know, I usually like just cause I like to enjoy having a good time and whatnot. And um after I listen to the C three Panthers podcast on the all uh, podcasts that you can listen to. <laughs> yeah. um, um and uh but I was I, I was sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm just sitting there listening to comedy and I see this and by the way, the girl that has to bring the groceries out fine as can be, like like probably underage, so I should probably not even talk about it. But like, because <laughs> she's working at Walmart. But I mean, she could have been. Like, it's hard to tell anymore nowadays. But nonetheless, she was good looking, right? Walks up the moment she walks up. Pete Davidson's like it's because it comes in like little three minute skits, right? And it, the first thing he says, and he says it at the top of his lungs, is I watch a lot of porn. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. No, the, the worst part about this was she was behind the car. So I start to panic a little bit because I'm like, oh, maybe she can hear it because she's going to be walking up to the window. And I hit pause. My entire dashboard is frozen. I can't hit pause. And so, like, he says it again. Yeah, I, I watch a lot of porn. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, what do I do? I'm panicking. Oh, um, turn the car off. Turn the car off. <laughs> I was just about to throw the phone out and I'm like, that's not gonna do anything. It's Bluetooth. Anyway, um, so I'm icing myself up because I uh found myself in a really awkward situation at uh the grocery pickup at Walmart. And you know, uh, hey, listen, ice up, Cody. <laughs> Dude, don't you love it? Uh when technology malfunctions. Oh yeah. Um, all right, so mine is kind of weirdly in the same vein. Um <laughs> Long story short, y'all need to be careful who you slut shame. Who you, uh, you definitely need to be careful who you slut shame because, uh, okay, Ben Shapiro's sister went online and put out this tweet, and she compared Madonna. She said this. This is Madonna at 63 years old. This is Nancy Reagan at 64 years old. Trashy living versus classic living. Which version of yourself do you want to be? So naturally, she puts this out on Twitter and gets a bunch of shit about this, right? But only for someone to then post this, a little story about Nancy Reagan. And according to Kitty Kelly's biography, Nancy Reagan was renowned in Hollywood for performing oral sex. Just say yes, Nancy in the days when she was Nancy Davis, was known to give the best BJ in town, not only in the evening, but in offices. That was one of the reasons she was very popular on the MGM lot. It must have made her very popular with Ronnie as well. And that, my friends, is a mic drop moment, if there ever was one. So to Ben Shapiro's sister, yeah, bro, be careful who you slut shame because uh, apparently Nancy Reagan, uh, she had that dope game on point, if you know what I'm saying, you know? So, uh, hey, that's real conservative values for you. Some real 
some real rigging economics for you. So to, uh, uh, I knew I liked Nancy Reagan. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, here is that when you put that picture up and you show this, do you want to be Madonna at sixty-three or Nancy Reagan? I feel like everybody's just like Madonna. Duh, look at her. Right. <laughs> She's sixty-three. Yeah, sixty-three years old. I know. Yeah, look at what she look at full size. But what kind of bed? Like poor girl. She got like the the basic. <laughs> Uh, oh, dude, well, good time. Yeah, right. careful uh, to slut shame, folks. Yeah, don't slut shame. Don't. Uh, it's got. I thought it was gonna be when I didn't know because I don't keep up with the conservative names as much. But what's that family? Do you hear about that family that's got the tw- the twelve kids and they're supposed to be like a? They had a TV show about like the. Yeah, yeah, where like the kid was the guy was caught like having you know or one of the kids was caught with like child pornography or yeah. something like that yeah, he's like a kitty porn and you know yeah. this is the key i think this is it's just difficult to go out there and um you know i don't trust i i'm very suspicious of people that are so confident in their lifestyle to say how grand it is and how everybody else is just morally corrupt because I feel like every time we hear these people that go, you know, like you'll hear like like these politicians that are so pro-life and they've gotten abortions, like gotten paid for girls to get abortions. And, and sucked off by dudes in the bathroom stall. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like, so, it's just, <laughs> so this is why if you also, Cody, you're new to Panthers podcast, Tony makes the weirdest, and Tony is me. Um, did I freeze up? You did for, for a second. second, but I heard you. Uh, the uh, I make these weird sexual reference analogy jokes. I'm gay for Cam. So you know what? Is that if people are morally shaming themselves, we're actually probably the most upstanding people. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night you can hang out with us uh, and other Panther fans who are awesome even when the Panthers are not awesome, you guys are awesome. We're awesome because we are going to uh, yell, scream, cheer, go through the emotions for our football team, uh, and we're going to keep pounding. Uh, and we don't have a choice, man. We got to stick with it. Uh, the top, the tough times uh, make for the good times so much better. Uh, we've been on these YouTube streets longer than anybody. We ain't going to stop. We just growing and growing and growing, and that's because y'all – are fantastic man i tell you this is we're already over 3100 subscribers on youtube man we were fighting to get to that 3000 bro and it's just crushing and crushing and crushing so we want your help if you guys want to create some content with us if you guys got some good ideas messages man have some fun this is a fan channel bro uh and uh tomorrow night beat check i'm gonna try to i'm I'm gonna i haven't gotten a writer so we might just be doing a, a look around the beat but we got debate my take um cody yeah, so um, one thing everybody uh, I want to uh, push out there is the Friday free-for-all. And that is something that we've all been having a blast doing, man. Uh, I see Kevin Bosch open in the chat right now, man. Friday free-for-all is your opportunity to join the show and come and talk Carolina Panthers. We've been having a fantastic time. Um, it's been great, man. Everybody needs to come check it out. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid, man. Once you get on camera for the first time 
and start talking with everybody. Any inhibitions you may have might will be thrown to the wind. You'll be you'll be just fine. We'll take care of you here on the C3 podcast. And once again, there is a brand new mock draft uh, tomorrow on drafttech.com where I am the Panthers analyst and I write picks for the Carolina Panthers. So check that out and hit me up on Twitter at Kobe Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. I'm good at responding to people, having conversations. Just hit me up, man. And that's it. CK? Yeah, you can find me on uh, all social media platforms um, and uh, Twitter, Instagram, the the TikToky. You know, you can uh, if you want to catch some streams. I'm streaming a little less frequently nowadays, but um, you can find me on Facebook Gaming at Codizzle Allen. Um, and uh, you know, just come hang out and let me know you're from the C3 family. All right, man. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night, Friday night, Sunday afternoon, and Tuesday night. We got uh, the Buffalo Bills game, the post game show, 252-228-5098. Be a part of it. Um, get us out of here, Cody. Until next time, Panther Nation, keep pounding. Keep Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.